big news. I have some important news for you. Interesting news. It's Blake and Aaron's Spilling the Tea with Sandy. K-Man's top news headlines of the day from CMR. Happy Friday, Sandy. Hey, Blake. Happy Friday. How are you? Good. Hello. Uh, you know, <laughs> hey, Aaron. Blake. <laughs> I'm sorry, Aaron. I just keep uh, forgetting you. Oh, my gosh. It'll take me a minute well, to get back into the swing yeah. of things. <laughs> Somber Friday, I guess I should say. You know, it's, yes. a, it's, it's an expression to say. Yeah, uh, Happy Friday. But uh, obviously, we're reeling from the news, um, you know, just um, just under, you know, 24 hours ago. Yeah. Yeah. Um, quite and, unbelievable. But, of course, the news that is trending all over the world this morning is that uh, Queen Elizabeth II, um, Her Majesty, passed away yesterday afternoon, London time. And, um, of course, you know, here in the Cayman Islands, we uh, were gravely impacted by this. We are one of 14 remaining um, overseas territories. Yeah. So, um, you know, I know that you guys did quite an extensive bit of coverage there, Blake, over on the DMS stations. We did. So tell, yeah. tell us a little bit about that. Uh, well, we uh, we went live as soon as we uh, heard that from uh, the BBC, who were the ones mm-hmm. to announce it to the world. And so, uh, you know, we cut uh, in on uh, all the radio stations and did a simulcast of coverage uh, mm-hmm. for about seven hours yep. on the DMS broadcasting stations. And, um, you know, all of the, um, the radio personalities uh, did some commentary and we took some coverage from BBC and um, played some um, meaningful songs as well uh, across mm-hmm. all the stations and uh, and gave as much information as possible. I mean, we all um, knew this was going to come, yeah. but so, but it still hit hard yesterday. Yeah. 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 You know, I, I, think- I, was, I was a little bit shocked that you guys were the only ones doing, I mean, we did a little live stream and of course yeah. we have a show today that's dedicated yeah. to this, but yeah, I was surprised that nobody else um, picked up the mantle kind of immediately. I have to be honest with you. I was I was really shocked uh, at the lack of coverage from uh, most of the other media outlets in oh. Cayman. Yeah, and you know if, if and appalled to be honest with you. It's not just any head of state. It's actually you know you know. And if and if I were the here. if I were the owners of of some of those other media outlets who mm-hmm. basically did nothing but play regular programming and yeah. talk nothing about it except for maybe. A, a breaking news mention. Uh-huh. Um, I would be ashamed of my team, yeah, and possibly look to have hire better decision makers uh, uh-huh. for your company. It, uh-huh. It's just, it's just shocking, yeah. and, and quite frankly, disre- disrespectful. Well, we're media. That's what we do. We need right. to, you know, you know, it, it yeah. just shows the naive, naivety of of uh, decision makers and. Yeah not making impactful decisions for the best entrance interest of of uh, the community well good news is could, could it could it just yeah. be that um you know on wednesday we had a whole discussion on this about the changing face of media and um one of the things that you have to be in 2022 when it comes to media is responsive and um and responsible well yes and i couldn't help but think that this is probably one of those examples where they were just not responsive. Like they didn't, I don't know, they didn't have the team ready. They didn't have the resources ready. I have no idea how to explain it, but it seems like it was just business as usual because they just were not ready. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't help but think that that's probably, maybe some were desirous of doing something, but they didn't have the staffing. They couldn't pull it together. I'm not really sure. Well, and one of the uh, companies is a so-called news company. 
you know, and, wow. and uh, <laughs> yeah. got absolutely nothing out of them. Touche, yes. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway, what can what can we do except do our best? And uh, we're definitely, you know, we we covered it live. Uh, we were live as the announcement came in here on CMR, and then of course we, um, you know, uh, we're moving very very quickly. It, it's you know to your point. Even yesterday morning, uh, we beat that so-called other media by an hour and a half, almost almost two hours. Even just putting up the announcement that she was um, that she was not well, and this is probably not going to be the best of days um, for the royal family. So I don't know. I think it's just responsiveness. You know, things have changed and, and some people are still lagging a little bit behind. Um, but, you know, like I always tell listeners here, we focus on what we got to do and we do the best job we possibly can. So kudos to DMS for being on top of it and for giving that coverage. I, I was able to tune in at several <clears throat> different intervals when it happened yesterday. And I did hear you guys signing off at 7 p.m. Right. So exactly. I know you did comprehensive coverage. Yeah, today and locally, um, I mean, it, it does mean a lot to the Cayman Islands. And uh, today, as a matter of fact, there's going to be a royal salute in and honor. We will have that live in CMR. Okay, you're going to you're gonna go there. The royal salute. Yeah, we've got we've got uh, already fire the cannons. I think uh, as, as a mark of respect for Her Late Majesty Queen Elizabeth II, a 96 gun okay. salute will be uh, mm -hmm. held uh, in the UK and here in Cayman, okay. which will be held at the governor's house oh. uh, right around 10 a.m., I believe. Right, Sandy? Yes. So we will we will have live coverage of that. Um, it w unfortunately, it won't be on Bobo because uh, I think we have another show afterwards, but we will have live coverage of that for sure. Mm. Uh, no, it's just um, Al Jazeera, so. I believe. So we could we could actually take that and, and run it live on... No, uh, I think you guys have another show afterwards is the problem. No, we'll, we'll, take, we'll take the guns. <laughs> if you, if yeah. you're going to be there, uh, doing coverage, we'll take your coverage. Okay, all right. Well, yes. um, speak to Chuck. But yes, uh, we we definitely uh, we definitely are on it. Um, yeah. So yeah, and uh, may she rest in peace. Yeah, and then I think at six p.m. London time, uh, King Charles the Third is going to address okay. yes, the nation. So yeah. th this morning uh, we're obviously live on Bobo right now, but this morning we're going to have an entire show going through all the protocols. Mm -hmm. We've got local um, experts, uh, Mr. Lemuel Hurston, Ms. Mary um, Lawrence, who are joining us, as well as potentially Mr. McKeever Bush. We have all the statements from government. We're going to be going through her, her two visits to the Cayman Islands. We've got tons of photos and video footage. So all things Queen Elizabeth II today. Yeah, Excellent. well, I think the gun salute already happened in London at 7 a.m. our time. Okay. Because it was at 1 p.m. So the, then we have the one at Then we have the one here. Yeah. 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 Okay. Well, yeah. well, yeah, we will take your coverage of that, Sandy, uh, today okay. on Bobo 89.1 FM. And Sounds good. You, you can catch Sandy's show uh, right now uh, happening. At, were you live on Bobo as well? Yeah, I was going to say. Yes. You catch our show on yes. <laughs> We're also <laughs> live on Bobo right now. All right. And you know what, Sandy? Hey, great, great job to you. Kudos to you for your coverage. And your continued coverage on uh, such an important uh, event. Mm -hmm. Thank uh, you so much. Okay, so, all right, take care. We'll see you on Monday. It. All right, my dear. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. All right, our segment with... All right, folks. So we are going to go ahead and kick off uh, the show this morning. So good morning to everyone. Let's do our usual introductions. Peppermint, sorrel, ginger, beaver grass, or English. Get it ready. Your morning tea just got hotter. Ooh, honey child. On the cold, hard truth. 
Bobo 89.1 and Cayman's number one talk show are bringing you morning talk like no one else. Monday Rewind, Impact Wednesdays, Caribbean Connections, and much more. Don't miss a beat with what's happening in the local community. Just keep sipping your tea. What a mess. Here's your host, live and direct from the Cayman Islands, Sandy Hill. All right. Good morning, everyone. Thank you guys so much for tuning in uh, this Friday, September the 9th. We will have an entire show dedicated uh, today to Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth II. So um, we hope that you enjoy the programming today. We're going to be covering quite a bit, uh, focusing more on some of the local elements of um, you know her visit and what the Queen means to you the people of the Cayman Islands. So feel free, of course, to call into the program at any time. We do have some guests uh, lined up, but if you would like to join in on the conversation, we welcome you to do so. You're able to find us um, on Facebook, YouTube, and of course on Bobo 89.1 FM. And in addition to that, folks, you can also do video link if you'd like to call into the show. And that's simply caymanmallroad.com backslash talk show. And uh, we're glad to have you um, come in at any time. So I will just send out the links to our usual listeners to the program so that uh, we want to make sure that all of our news groups are aware that we are live right now. So good morning to everyone. Um, You know, when we left each other yesterday morning, of course, it was, um, from my perspective, very much expected that uh, what happened, you know, was was a bit inevitable. So let's go ahead and uh, pull in the statements um, that uh, we received. So of course, Buckingham Palace issued an official statement, um, you know, essentially saying that the Queen had died peacefully at Balmoral, that's in Scotland this afternoon. The King and Queen consort will remain at Balmoral this evening and will return to London tomorrow. Um, We were monitoring all of the various news sources as this uh, news came in. And then we're going to go through and look at some of the protocols this morning in terms of what happens from here. We've got quite a bit of of interesting information. So Queen Elizabeth II uh, at the age of 96 passed away peacefully yesterday morning. It is with profound sadness that we have learnt of the passing of Her Majesty the Queen on the afternoon of 8 September at Balmoral. The death of our much-loved and longest-serving monarch will, I know, be terribly sad news for people across our three islands of Grand Cayman, Cayman Brac and Little Cayman, as well as across the entire world. Her Majesty the Queen served the United Kingdom, Commonwealth, realms and overseas territories with quiet dignity and powerful diplomacy for over 70 years. She has been an inspirational role model and given outstanding service throughout our lives. She's the only monarch very many of us have ever known. Her loss will be keenly felt. She is unlike any other monarch in history. 
I know from my four years as your governor just how much affection and respect there is for Her Majesty on our islands. Her two visits here in 1983 and 1994 are warmly remembered today by so many. We were able to celebrate Her Majesty's Platinum Jubilee this year with an extraordinarily wide variety of events across our three islands, reflecting the depth of feeling towards Her Majesty. I had the pleasure of meeting Her Majesty three times during my career, including at Windsor Castle on taking up my role as Governor of the Cayman Islands. Her Majesty vividly recalled details of her visits here. Many of you will have your own personal recollections of royal moments in your lives, whether it was watching her coronation, meeting her, or celebrating her visits to Cayman or elsewhere. The King and the Queen Consort will remain at Balmoral this evening and will return to London tomorrow. Her Majesty was a symbol of stability and permanence for over seven decades. She exemplified outstanding public duty. I know the thoughts and prayers of all of us in the Cayman Islands are with members of the royal family at this difficult and sad time. Good day. I come to you today with a heavy heart, having learned of the passing of Her Majesty, our Queen Elizabeth II, at Balmoral Castle on the 8th of September, 2022. When she became queen at the tender age of 25 in 1952, Europe was rebuilding and the world was still in the mend from the wounds of World War II. She acceded to the throne at the death of her father, King George VI, on the 6th of February that year, and solemnly accepted and carried out her duties with rare humility, faithfulness, and dignity. To mark her 70th year of reign on her Platinum Jubilee, the Parliament of the Cayman Islands held a special session, giving verbal flowers and accolades to the Queen on the 6th of February, 2022. Today, we remember her fondly as we mourn her passing. She left us with a legacy of reaching out to her subjects in the United Kingdom and abroad, being seen as a real person who ensured that the monarchy was able to quietly adapt to changes in society and keep a sharp focus on the Commonwealth. She was a defender of the faith and a stalwart wife, mother, grandmother, and great-grandmother. As our head of state, our loyalty to the British Crown was strongest and most heartfelt under her reign. We remain loyal to the British Crown, but it has definitely lost one of its most precious jewels. Through her dedication and unwavering strength, she proved herself to be royalty in every respect. There will never be another like her. We had the pleasure of her company when she visited the Cayman Islands not once, but twice before her passing. On her first visit here in 1983, she delivered the throne speech, toured Grand Cayman with Prince Philip of blessed memory, and officially opened the Queen's Highway, which connects East End to North Side. 
a monument still stands alongside the highway, memorializing that auspicious occasion. She and Prince Philip returned to our shores in 1994 aboard the Royal Yacht Britannia as part of an eight-country Caribbean tour. This time around, she knighted former Financial Secretary Sir Vassal Johnson, who left this earthly realm in 2008 for his role in modernizing the laws of the Cayman Islands, which led to our enviable position as a global financial center. She also opened the Ed Bush Sports Complex in West Bay and the Queen Elizabeth II Botanic Park off Frank Sound Road. Both times she was gracious to the Caymanian people and those who met and interacted with her have cherished memories to share. Those who have gone on to their own heavenly reward often talk fondly of her kindness, warmth and love for the people of the Cayman Islands. I think I can safely say that all of us in the Cayman Islands who feel strong ties to the British Crown mourn this sad occasion. We have lost a great lady. Taking her place on the throne is her son, King Charles, the former Prince of Wales who last visited the Cayman Islands in 2019. God save the King. I, on behalf of the Cayman Islands, join others from around the world in offering our condolences to the royal family. It is our prayer that God grants them the peace and grace to get through this difficult time. May God be with and comfort all of us. All right, folks, um, good morning again, and thank you guys so much for uh, joining us this morning. So several messages there from um, His Excellency the Governor um, Martin Roper and, of course, the Honourable Premier, Mr. Wayne Panton. We do have uh, some commentators that will be joining us this morning, so let me take an opportunity to first introduce the Honourable Miss Mary Lawrence. I feel like she needs no uh, formal introduction. Many of you will know her as, um, you know, in her own right, a, a lady of the Cayman Islands that has an amazing um, history, and she's going to be sharing some of that with us this morning as it relates um, to her memories um, of Her Majesty the Queen. And um, she's also going to tell us a little bit about an exhibit. So good morning um, to the Honorable Mary Lawrence. Good morning, Madam. Good morning, Sandy. Uh, it's a pleasure to be here and quite an honor to be asked to do this this morning. Yes, thank you so much for um, agreeing and on such short notice. And we also have Mr. Lemuel Hurlston, again, um, a Stalworth here in the Cayman Islands. And when I first reached out to my group of individuals, I said, you know, who, who can I have on as a commentator that knows a lot about the monarchy and is well-versed? Uh, Mr. Hurlston's name was one of the first names that came up. And they said, you definitely need to speak to him because he is, um, just like the Honorable Mary Lawrence, a wealth of, um, of information. So thank you so much, sir, for joining us this morning as well. My pleasure. Thank you. All right. So, folks, thanks to modern technology, uh, here we are. And we may have some other individuals um, joining in as well. We've invited the Honorable McKeever Bush, if he's able to join in on the link, to um, give us some of his fond memories. We've also uh, spoken to Ms. Karen Thompson. She might pop in at some point during the morning if she's able to. So we have a lot of information for you. So good morning to all of the usual suspects who were here this morning. Ms. Vernita, Diamond Princess. We've got um, Olivia 
joining us. So happy Friday to everyone. Scott says, good morning. Very sad to be uh, saying goodbye to our queen. Um, good morning to Desi. And of course, Marshall is here. And as you guys will know, yesterday morning, uh, we were discussing and monitoring the uh, news streams from all over the world. We had Sky News, BBC News, Great Britain News. Um, you know, everywhere really in the world was starting to gather at Balmoral in Scotland because it seems, unfortunately, that the inevitable um, was about to happen as it relates to the passing of, uh, of the Queen. And so by late morning, there was confirmation, official confirmation, that the Queen had indeed um, passed away and the, the um, Buckingham Palace actually issued this statement very, very simply uh, that the Queen had died peacefully at Balmoral this afternoon, the King and Queen Consort will remain at Balmoral this evening and will return to London tomorrow. So of course, um, immediate uh, media frenzy, as you can expect. This is, um, you know, the queen has reigned for some 70 years on the throne, uh, the longest reigning uh, British monarch and one of the longest in the world as well. And so um, people began to immediately reflect on her legacy that she's leaving behind and her uh, it's really, really amazing life. So we will be spending some time this morning doing that as well, uh, just in remembrance of Queen Elizabeth II, uh, 96 years old, uh, who passed away yesterday. So do remember that you can call us at any time. 936-2626 is the telephone number. And we want to celebrate, you know, her, her legacy and her memory uh, by perhaps sharing some of the stories that you all may have, some of the fond stories of her visits to the Cayman Islands, you know, what you think of the queen and so on. So we know that during her reign, Queen Elizabeth II visited the Cayman Islands on two occasions, in 1983 and again in 1994. So, Miss um, Mary, um, as we now think about uh, and reflect upon those visits and what the queen meant to the people of the Cayman Islands, can you give us your personal thoughts on, um, on the legacy that she leaves behind? I think one of the greatest legacies she's left behind for all of us is how to be a woman, how to be graceful, how to be gracious mm-hmm. under very trying circumstances at all times, whether it's in your home or whether it's in the public limelight. She was always the lady. And I think she, someone asked me once, how do you exist in a man's world? Well, yeah. I think she proved how you could do that. And she became queen, Winston Churchill, was prime minister, and he took one look at this young girl, as he mm-hmm. called her, and uh, thought, well, she's going to be a walkover. Mm. And found out that she was not a walkover, and so had, the, so did all the other prime ministers who followed him, and all the other world leaders. Mm-hmm. She took her place in the world, and she was a self-educated woman, I must add that as well. She learned as she went along, but she made sure she knew. And that was mm-hmm. the secret, I think, to her ever um, smiling countenance in front of the whole world. When she spoke, she knew what she was talking about because she had done her research and she had made her her remarks suitable to that particular instance. Her Christmas speeches, I think, were outstanding. The speech Mm -hmm. on the first and um, and, um, birthday was an outstanding. She made some very outstanding speeches. My... My, my failure, my, or my um, thought on the failure of, of us here in the Cayman Islands is that we have not recognized all of this. Sure, she visited us twice, 
sure King Charles came to see us a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. We have never taken the time to reflect on what the monarchy has meant to the Cayman Islands. And we only have to look back in history to know where we would have been had we taken another road back in 1959. Mm-hmm. It's, to remain, to be a British crown colony, whether you want to, you like the monarchy or you don't like the monarchy, it gave us an umbrella of security and a face to the world that said stability. And mm-hmm. the, the rocky uh, Caribbean at that time, stability was the word that brought the Cayman Islands to the forefront. And it yes. came because she was sitting on that throne and she recognized as she went along how to move with the times, to move, mm-hmm. not having a radio, to having a radio, to TV, to having our whole family under the limelight, to, mm-hmm. to just all, with all the, the, the developing the commonwealth into the commonwealth of nations, all of these steps that she took mm-hmm. made her not just the queen of England, but a world figure. Figure mm-hmm. on the world stage, which in every nationality. Yes, absolutely, uh, Mr. Lemuel Hurlston. What are your thoughts this morning as you reflect um, on the legacy that Queen Elizabeth II has left behind? Well, I woke up very early this morning, looking forward to the opportunity of contributing to your show. Mm-hmm. But I used the opportunity to also meditate by myself for a while, mm. because I, I, I find that when difficult moments are passing we sometimes Mm -hmm. pass them too quickly without Mm -hmm. taking the time to stop and reflect on their true meaning Uh, among all of the accolades that have been uh, ascribed to her majesty the one that i particularly became attracted to was the accolade of her kindness Mm -hmm. not only was she steady and sure and firm and resolute she was a kind individual and that word to me needs a little bit more fleshing out in our society today because Mm -hmm. we can can be so unkind so easily Mm -hmm. it it takes a bit of effort sometimes to be kind and yet it is so important Mm. wow some very um, powerful words this morning for sure Um, kindness And there's so many things I think that were surprising about her. Um, I was watching a few, you know, clips yesterday evening as I sort of reflected, as you said, on um, on her life and her passing. And one of the most interesting things is that they said that, you know, she was never meant to be queen. Um, She wasn't in the line of, um, you know, of direct uh, ascent to the throne. And so really it was fate, God, whatever, that put her um, in the position because of her uncle giving up the the throne for her then to be, her father to become king, and then upon his passing uh, for her to become um, Queen Elizabeth II. So incredibly interesting. Um, You know, there's a lot of people that said that because of that, the earlier years of her life, uh, she was able to, to spend without having this uh, perhaps burden, um, you know, this sort of cloud over her that you will be, you know, the um, the heir to the throne. And she was able to live a little bit more freely, perhaps. And a lot of people said that that explained her um, 
lack of conceit when she was finally, um, you know, when she finally ascended to the throne, because in many respects, she was able to grow up as an ordinary member, as ordinary as you can be, I suppose, of the royal family. So as most of us will know, um, Queen Elizabeth II is uh, or was British's, Britain's longest reigning monarch after her father, King George VI, died in 1952. She um, took the uh, the throne with what people say was regal adventure and excitement. And there's so many interesting things about her life. And of course, a lot of us are very, very curious now about how this all plays out and what happens. So folks, we will be having, the government is having um, a 96 gun salute this morning at 10 o'clock. We will be carrying that live um, here on Cayman Mall Road and hopefully in Bobo 89.1 FM as well. We do have Jean who's gonna be on location bringing it in. So Miss Jennifer says, sleep in eternal peace, a glorious queen. Good morning to Daisy. Aliano also sends um, his condolences saying, Mary Queen, rest in peace and reign forever um, from heaven. Um, Miss Claudia, thank you so much. Claudia says, good morning. Thanks Sandy for dedicating these hours as we remember her majesty, Queen Elizabeth. Our prayers are with her family and for all of those, for all of us who feel that great loss. Um, KK is, um, here saying, Miss Mary, such an amazing lady. She's sending you lots of love, uh, Miss Mary. This is, uh, you know, obviously the first time our guests are on the program. So they're seeing a little bit of how this platform works. We've got Mr. Hero Blair, who I believe is in Florida at the moment, says, good morning, Sandy and family. Uh, great job, Sandy, on the ongoing coverage. The world has lost a mother. And of course, we have to remember that she was a mother. She was a, um, a grandmother and a great grandmother um uh, to you know um to her children and her and their children um miss barbara uh, says so proud of you sandy thanks for all that you do for us locally and internationally so let's talk a little bit about the impact that her reign has had on the people of the cayman islands um quite amazingly you know 60 years there will be many of us like myself who were not born 60 years ago so we have no memory of life without um queen elizabeth ii we don't remember, you know, whatever I've, I've seen of King George would have been um, in movies or, you know, whatever footage is available. But the, I would say the vast majority of people really um, have lived their entire lives um, knowing her as queen. Do either of you um, remember a life without Queen Elizabeth II? Well, uh, one of the I, I told you last night, Sandy, we have one of the most complete exhibits mm. on the Queen's life at the Bodentown Heritage Center. We have 110 framed pictures of her on display besides numerous um, poster boards with her messages and her speeches and pictures of her visit to Cayman. It's all there. But one of the things that, there, that we have in that exhibition is the program for her mm. father's uh, memorial service in the mm. church of Georgetown, the Elms Memorial Church. Wow. I attended that service. I was 12 years old at the time, and I have the program. And it's, oh on, display. it's on display there. Remembering, uh, I mean, all my exercise books. And, mm -hmm. and that time, you know, they used to put the, the monarch on the front cover of the exercise books because Jamaica then was also a British Crown colony, and they printed all of that stuff. So mm -hmm. we have the exercise books as well with the, her picture, the picture of her father on the front of it. We were, it was a, we, we were made very conscious growing up of the monarchy at that point in time because Cayman was very British oriented. 
Mm-hmm. And, and so, yes, I do remember um, from, we didn't have all the, the media coverage you have today. You had mm-hmm. to in a newspaper that was probably three or four weeks old coming in from Jamaica. Mm-hmm. But it was, a, it was something that we were always aware of. We sang mm-hmm. Rule Britannia in school because uh, that was a, a big part of our learning to learn the songs that related to the monarchy. Wow, absolutely wonderful. Uh, Mr. Lemuel Hurston, do you remember time without uh, Queen Elizabeth II? Well, I was one year old when she became queen. Yes. Um, and in every household that I recall in, in the district of South Sound that I grew up in, mm-hmm. one, of the, one of the important events every year was listening to the radio for the Queen's Christmas message. Mm-hmm. And that was looked forward to just as much as we look forward to Christmas. Wow. And her messages always bore such relevance to the society that we were then in that it became uh, an attraction. And whatever technology was available to communicate it was, was appropriately used. Um, and so I remember that as a, as a young child growing up. And uh, that's one of the things that we look forward to listening to. Mm-hmm. Absolutely wonderful. So um, thank you so much. Uh, again, so we do have some comments uh, coming in from our viewers. So you little, you little brat says, good morning. I served her along with a now deceased classmate, Miss uh, Rochez, in 1984. She was very polite, but seemed very unhappy. I think it was because of her life's pressure, pressures. May she rest in peace. God bless our new king. I met him too, and he was when he was traveling with her. Um, so, of course, you only get a snippet, I suppose, if you work with these individuals of who they are. Um, there were many moments, I'm sure, uh, you know, amazing moments in her 96 years that she had a lot of joy. Um, Louis says, big difference to me, Charles becoming king, is that the queen mother um, ensured that the objectives were maintained and executed in its time. Charles doesn't have that, but he is older. So we'll see. I mean, obviously, he's our new king. So I think it's really just a matter of um, giving him the opportunity to see what he will be able to do. So Perla says, um, did you know that I had to ask my son regarding the queen and who she is to us? He's only nine years old and he had no idea who the queen was to us. Wow. Please share our history regarding our mother country and what it means to us. My son knows a little bit, but would love to learn more. I'm wondering if the government schools are teaching our children about the royal family. So this is quite interesting about what our, our young people are learning in in schools. Um, I'm shocked that they wouldn't know that, but uh, you know, they seem to miss out on a lot of Cayman history as well. So Sandra Coe says, um, she's thanking Anne Rice, who's on the live stream, uh, and says, thank you, Sandy, for doing this segment. Thank you, Miss Mary. Like you said, I'm so grateful for the direction we took and acceptance from the monarchy. I will forever be thankful to Her Majesty. What a wonderful lady she was. One of the interesting things, you know, we are an overseas territory, um, a member of the Commonwealth, is that when she um, first took, uh, you know, when she first took the crown, she wanted to really be a lot more inclusive of the Commonwealth than had previously been done before her. And in fact, she decided at that time to engage in this tour of the entire Commonwealth. And it was frowned upon. Um, the Honorable Mary Lawrence was just sharing how, you know, the first prime minister that served um, under her was the Honorable, I think he might've been Honorable, Winston Churchill. And, um, you know, he he saw 
Um, the queen grew up from a little girl, so he knew her on a personal level. And the two of them were, con you know, they considered themselves to be friends. But once she took on that um, formal position, he reported to her. And, you know, there were some frictions over the years from what we understand, because she was indeed a lady of um, her own opinion. And she certainly stood her ground. And one of the things she wanted to do was this sort of worldwide tour of the Commonwealth to introduce herself and to one of the promises she made to the people um, you know, at the initial onset is that she was all about service to the people. And that included uh, being of service to the people of the Commonwealth. And that was something that he was a little bit more old school and he did not uh, necessarily agree with. And it was one of the areas in which they differed um, you know, during uh, their relationship. So thank you to Joseph. Um, uh, Joseph also says that it was the same thing when he told his son about the queen. So I'm wondering what sort of conversations perhaps in your homes and in our communities we're having today about um, Queen Elizabeth. If you have younger children, um, have you explained to them that she has passed and what the significance is um, of that? So morning to Miss Morna, who's joining us from Prospect. Uh, KK says history should be taught in every school. This is very, very important for us to see um, in the upcoming generation. So Miss Mary, since we're talking about the importance of history, can you share with us a little bit more about this exhibit in the district of Bodentown? Because I understand despite it being one of the best in the world in terms of the uh, you know, breadth of what is available, there's so many people in the Cayman Islands that don't know anything about it and actually have not visited the exhibit, including even our elected members. Come on, folks. This was done, um, you know, to um, commensurate the um, Queen's Jubilee. And so tell us a bit more about that, please. Well, we took the decision to put up the, an exhibit to celebrate the Queen's Platinum Jubilee. And we thought, well, everybody was going to come. We thought all the schools that have been coming, we found that the schools did not even, the children did not even know what the Platinum Jubilee was. We had groups come from church groups that had learned about it in their church group, but they hadn't, they hadn't heard anything about it in school. And we have, when we set up the, the um, exhibition, we wanted something that it covered her entire life. So there's pictures of her, the very first baby picture from Mother holding her. There's one of her when her father went into Buckingham Palace as king, and she's leaning out of the window holding her doll in her hand. Little personal, all the little personal pictures of that, that brought her home to children and to people as a person, not just mm -hmm. queen and, you know, a figure out there that didn't have a face on it or didn't have a personality to go with it mm -hmm. and we took it we took it right down through all the trips that she made to Cayman we mm -hmm. have the, the two trips she made to Cayman we have the guest list of the people who attended the reception at government house we have the invitation that was issued to those people by which they attended the uh, reception we have all the pictures of her from the time she landed on both occasions her speeches we have the speech that was done in this on the second visit in which she signed her name Elizabeth R and put the date on it. We mm -hmm. have all of that in our ex exhibit. We have numerous books. We have the copies of the, all the programs, practically all the programs that we did to celebrate Her Majesty's birthday here every year, mm. and um, and uh, and the celebrations. In fact, the celebration, the booklets that were put out for the two visits that she came that had all the information 
on what would happen while she was here. It's a, you have to come to see it to really appreciate mm. it. We have the, this uh, letter she wrote to Miss Annie thanking her for when she, Miss Annie stood on the steps of Delhi and said, we were going to be British forever. And the Queen wrote a nice letter back to her. We have the, uh, the plane, the picture of the plane. She came here in, signed by the pilots that um, brought her here. Mm-hmm. It's it's just a fabulous, really fabulous exhibition. The governor and his wife came and spent an hour and a half with us looking through it and going over it. And um, the premier came this weekend, and he and his wife. Other than that, we have not seen any government officials. Wow, and, quite shocking. And we've had no requests from the schools for now. I had a big surprise last weekend, and I'll, mm-hmm. and I'll give her um, credit for this. Cassandra called. She wanted to bring her youth group from the Pilgrim Holiness Church in Northside. And uh, she came to, they were, some of them were really small, and then she had some teenagers mixed in with it to help control a little group. Mm-hmm. And when we got into the room, the, we have two buildings. The, where the second building, we have the, we call it the People's Museum, where we have the family, pictures of the families from Town in there. Mm-hmm. And we have the National Heroes. And I said, you know, we don't have the last hero up yet because we have her picture, but we haven't got it framed. I said, she's the one that wrote the national song. And the little one of the little girls, little one said, you mean the Love Isle came in? And she started mm. saying that and the whole group joined in with it. Mm. And I said, um, so where did you learn that? They learned it in their youth group. They begin mm. the every evening every Friday even by singing the Cayman song. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I I look at all the, the events that we've had. I didn't, we did an exhibition at the John Gray High School and he didn't know who the premier of the Cayman Islands was. Not just the one we oh. had before him that had been there eight years. So we, I don't know what we're teaching our children in school. Mm. Certainly they're not learning, not just about the queen. They're mm-hmm. not learning about us as a wow. people. And, you know, I, I maintain, we celebrate celebrated on July the 4th. We had the, um, we had a big exhibition up on the Constitution and how, it, uh, how the whole government has developed over the times of, um, from, from the very beginning of time. Mm-hmm. And I thought, well, everybody's going to come to see that. No, mm-hmm. no, no, no. And I, I was surprised that none of this is being taught in the schools, that children do not know how their government operates. I don't even know who their government, mm. what, who, who are the persons in their government? You know, mm. I don't, I don't know why these things are not, if teachers claim they don't have time. It is not on the curriculum. And so they don't have time to teach it. They have school um. buses, but they don't have time to bring the children. You know, who come to private schools? Mm-hmm. The private mm-hmm. schools are the ones who request us to come. And Savannah school, I would give Savannah school credit is that, for that as mm-hmm. well. We go to the schools, we don't, we don't just have the exhibits there. We pack them up and go to the schools and put on exhibitions and spend the whole day at the school teaching the Cayman history. But you have to be asked to do it. You can't just walk into a school and say, I'm going to have to do this. Right. And I, I find this stuff about the, the Her Majesty, you know, we sing, well, it's only recently we started learning to sing the Cayman National Song. But mm. God save our gracious queen. Nobody knows what we're singing. The, the 4th of July was celebrated in Cayman by Americans who hoisted their American flag and Canadians who hoisted their Canadian flag. And the Cayman flag was where? 
Nobody even knew what the weekend was about. Nobody understood that the 4th of July is the day we got our first constitution. And that's why we have a holiday in Cayman. Not because the United mm -hmm. States is celebrating their independence. You know, and it's 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 so easy to put all of this together and to teach it to children. So very easy. And I don't know why. And children are anxious to learn. The mm -hmm. ones who come to this center up there are anxious. They ask questions. They want to know. Absolutely. Wow. Yeah, it's, well, it's, I, I hope that um, perhaps... I'm hoping that now that this has happened, that mm -hmm. people will at least come, out of, if not, nothing else, out of curiosity to mm -hmm. see what is there. Because the Bontown Heritage Group, we've worked for 20 years putting that site together. And it is a fabulous site of all of the manuscripts. And yes. I just, I just wish the press would come even and take take a look around. Yes, and, you know, well, show um, Yes, Richard Parchment has has definitely read my mind. So he said, Miss Sandra, I'm sure you're already planning a live broadcast from the Bodentown exhibit. So I did speak with Miss Mary um, last night upon learning about this exhibit because I must admit I didn't really know anything about it. Um, and I think, of course, this is something that we must um, document and we must capture. As you guys know, you know, one of the sort of, uh, I guess, mantles that we picked up here on our platform on Cayman Mall Road is that we're going to really do quite a bit of focusing on Cayman history and um, culture. And uh, we've already started our video series, Cayman Voices, where we um, will interview people like the Honorable Mary Lawrence, like Mr. Lemuel Hurlston. We've done Mr. Um, Richard Dick Arch already. We've done Bernard Watler and many more to come. We did Mr. Um, uh, Winslow um, Burlington, which we haven't aired that one as yet, but you know, we, we formally have a sponsor that has come on board. So now we can ramp up production of these and we can start uh, pushing these out to the people of the Cayman Islands because we have an obligation to know our history and to also pass that knowledge on to our children so that they can pass it on to their children and so on. And so we will definitely, thank you, Richard, we will definitely arrange, um, I've already booked the a videographer for hopefully this Saturday afternoon. We do have an interview scheduled a bit earlier in the day, but after that, we're gonna make our way to the beautiful district of Baden Town so that we can indeed capture that exhibit. So I'm so thankful that Miss Mary um, has mentioned it. And for your own knowledge, you know, if you have a preschool or you have children, please reach out so that they can see this exhibit firsthand because I think to really appreciate the amazing um, love that the people of the Cayman Islands have for Her Majesty, you probably need to see it in person. So we're gonna go through and, and view some of the pictures now that people have shared with us uh, here in the Cayman Islands. And of course, to both of our commentators who so graciously joined us this morning, uh, feel free to reflect on if you remember, um, you know, this is a cover from the Norwestern Magazine. Now, Ms. Mary, I know that you, as former Speaker of the House, have had an amazing career, including uh, being in news media yourself. So can you tell us a little bit about um, when Her Majesty first came to the Cayman Islands back in 1983, how you went about covering her, um, you know, her visit? Well, uh, when she arrived here, just before she arrived, I had gotten the license to published the Caymanian Herald. Mm -hmm. As everybody knows, that was a political newspaper. And uh, I went well, to- Well, the, let me, may I just pause you right there? Probably a lot of people don't know based on what we've just said in terms <laughs> of our own history. So yes. Um, yes. So, so there was I, a publication called the Caymanian Herald. Yes, ma'am. Okay. And I, I went to the government as a journalist in the community 
to get a pass to go to 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 meet her and all the way, you know, in, in the press pool that everybody was setting up. And uh, they made me wait till 8 o'clock that night. They claimed they were in uh, the executive council meeting. And then they came and says, oops, we forgot. We didn't have, mm. we didn't have one. So I didn't get a press pass. So mm-hmm. I did what I've done with a lot of things. I, I write poetry. And mm-hmm. I, I wrote her, the history of her visit in a poem. It's a, it's um. The front page of the Herald carried the story, British Forever, mm-hmm. with Annie and her. And then the center page carried the poem I wrote, mm. Royal Visit. It was a grandee. Mm-hmm. And I, it, it, took, it took her from the time she arrived till she lifted off. <clears throat> the whole story in poetry. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things that I remember talking about her kindness I, my little niece had been walking around with a picture book when she heard the queen was coming because this was big excitement. Everybody knew the queen was coming and, you know, it was all the little children were all excited about it. And she had mm-hmm. this picture book with all these pretty women in it, dressed up in crowns and what have you. And so she was walking around with that because the queen was coming. Mm-hmm. But when she got to Bodentown and she looked around and she said, um, so where is the queen? And I said, see her right there. Mm-hmm. She said, that's not the queen. And Prince Philip uh, turned to her and she says, of course, that's the queen. And he touched his wife. <laughs> he touched his wife and she said, um, she, she looked at her and she says, well, you see, dearie, I don't always carry the crown on my head when I walk mm. And, you know, and, and gave her a great big smile. Of course, she still continued to cry because she didn't look like the queen. But it was... It, the, when we speak about her kindness, that she would stop for a little girl to tell, explain to her, yes, I understand why you, mm. you don't know I, who I am. It's because I don't have my crown on, but I don't always carry it. It was, it was a, it, it, they were, there were real moments in the, in the whole visit when, even when she talked to older people, she, she, she never seemed to be in a hurry. She never mm-hmm. seemed, she never, uh, somebody would reach out her hand and she stopped. She mm. didn't, she didn't just go pass on by. She did the same thing with the school children. She stopped. They were all there waving their flags. She stopped. Mm. And, you know, the, it was just something that made you feel that she really cared about you, that she really was seeing you as a person. You weren't just a, a blur of faces in a crowd. Mm-hmm. It, it was really, it was really uh, an inspiration to watch her the way she moved. And and you know, um, she it, it was a very there were very hot days when she was here, but she just never seemed flustered. She never seemed out of sorts. She just went on and did what she had to do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that was that was typical of all the times when she had. You know, I always think about her. In fact, um, and I, I I said this when I did the Diamond Jubilee because I did the Diamond Diamond Jubilee, the largest parade that has ever been held in the Cayman Islands was held to celebrate that. Mm-hmm. I, I spoke at that at this church service in the Church of God then, and I said then that we never never thought about her as being a wife and a mother. Mm-hmm. And so at that particular time, the royal family was, you know, out in the limelight everywhere. And this, don't forget, 
this was royal families and families didn't just didn't do this just at that time. This had been uh-huh. done down through the ages in our own families. We had our own little things, but it wasn't on TV and it wasn't blared all over the place like it in social media like it is today. And she was going through a difficult time at that time. And I said then, you know, the way the people looked at her, she was uh-huh. queen and they expected her to rein her children in uh-huh. because she was a mother. But if she, if Prince Philip had been king, they would have still expected her to reign her children in because she was a mother. Mm-hmm. You know, there, there, there was no um, allowance for her having all of the other responsibilities. You know, people didn't think of her in that light. It was mm-hmm. just, that, you know, she's not, she, she, she can't control them. But right. And like I said, if he had been king, they would have still said that about her because she was the wife and the mother. Yes. So it it is it makes you reflect on what the role of women has um is in the world today. Mm-hmm. You know, um we see people out there that we are having so many the other nations are coming forward and in fact Britain that was her last official act to swear in a woman as a British prime minister for the next however mm-hmm. years. And um we have prime ministers, women prime ministers in other countries as well. But Despite all our enlightenment in Britain and in the United States, we haven't had an American president, a woman president in the United States. Mm-hmm. And we've only had one speaker in, 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 the, um, in, U, in the UK. We've only had one woman speaker. You know, wow. it, it is, it is uh, Beth, uh, Beth Boothroyd has been the only woman speaker in, the, in British history. So we, we're, when we, when we're talking about the role of women in the in the society and you look at the role she played, you have to understand that her contribution to making that space for women in society, for making that space for women in the world is mm-hmm. inestimable. Mm-hmm. You know, we have we can look to her and know that she has taken us to a plane that the Christ might have taken her 70 years to do it. But she's mm. dragged us all with her as, as she moved forward to show us how it could be done. Right. And, and okay. she was not. And the other thing I think we have to remember was she did not hold a political office. Mm-hmm, she yielded mm-hmm. so much power in the political field mm-hmm. everywhere, not just in Britain. She was mm-hmm. highly respected when she spoke. Everybody listened. The world listened when she spoke. Mm-hmm. And, and, and yet she was not officially a head of and a government. I mean, mm-hmm. a, a political head of any government. Yes. Yeah. In fact, um, one of the one of the interesting things about her um, is she met once a week with um, the prime minister of of the UK, and of course, mm-hmm. their conversations would not have been something that would have been published in any way. So, despite her not being recognized as a political figure, without a doubt, um, the prime minister certainly had an obligation to. Um, keep her abreast of, of what was happening. And then I dare say she probably shared her opinion on more than one occasion. So as you guys can see here um, on the side, we are watching and monitoring the live feed um, from BBC News. Uh, um, KK, thank you for the heads up that King Charles was going to be um, making his remarks. So this looks like a live feed. Uh, we can bring in the audio here in just a second. But um, Mr. Lemuel Hurlston, I wonder from your perspective, that very first visit uh, of Her Majesty back in 1983. Do you recall that visit? And if there was anything that stood out for you about it? 
<clears throat> well, I was I was involved in a very limited capacity in a limited way in the first visit in 1983. Um, what I do recall, though, is that rain featured prominently um, mm. at the end of the reception at Government House that evening. The heavens mm. opened and we had a, a good downpour of rain. And likewise, on her on her 1994 second visit, Mm -hmm. When she was departing the South Terminal to go back to the Yacht Britannia, it rained again. Mm. <clears throat> and then yesterday I was watching the news and there was an event at, at Buckingham Palace. I think it might have been one of the changing of the guards. <clears throat> and she was riding a horse and it was pouring rain in London. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So rain seemed to have been a feature of her, of her work. Mm -hmm. And in some respects, that could be a blessing. Mm -hmm. And ironically, um, even yesterday, as um, the news was breaking that she, um, the family was gathering at Balmoral, it was also raining there. Oh, <laughs> so, I didn't know that. Yes, okay. yes, very yeah. interesting. It rains in Scotland at the drop of a hat. And yes, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But, you know, down, talking about Balmoral, um, I have, I have, observed her at all the different castles that she lived at, Windsor Castle, Buckingham Castle. Mm -hmm. And I um, I always felt that at Balmoral, she was more relaxed. She was herself. She could ride mm -hmm. her horse. She drove her own car. She, mm -hmm. she could run, run, take her grandchildren for walks. She, mm -hmm. she could do all the things that an ordinary person did. And I, I think it uh, was rather fitting that it was there that she passed. Where the, I mm -hmm. think it was a castle that she was happiest in because there she could be herself. She didn't have to be, she was not in the public limelight with, with a camera focused on her all the time. Mm -hmm. And I think that that was a, it, it's a, it's a beautiful area, Balmoral, where Balmoral yes. Castle is. And it's, um, it was, yeah. it, it was obviously a favorite of her. She spent all her summers there. Mm -hmm. And speaking of her driving, I don't know if anyone knew this, but uh, she actually never held a driver's license. Uh, she did teach herself as she learned to drive at the age of 18 while working as a mechanic during World War II. Mm -hmm. So um, she then, Princess Elizabeth, insisted on in joining the army and learned how to drive as a mechanic for the Women's Auxiliary Territorial Service during World War II and Her Highness uh, was not required to have a license, a license plate on her cars, or even a passport for international travel. So, it's a bit of interesting information, uh, Mr. Lemuel. You were still um, sort of reflecting on um, her visit. You mentioned that rain played a prominent part. Was there anything else that stood out for you as well? Well, I was certainly much more intimately involved in her second visit, the '94 mm -hmm. visit. Right. Um, the the 83 visit i was a, a middle manager in the civil service and i worked the garden reception as a as a marshal my wife and i mm -hmm. um, and her majesty walked down one side of the driveway and prince philip walked down the other side mm -hmm. during the reception and my wife and i were on the side that prince philip was on so we we got to meet him that evening and not her mm -hmm. uh, but for the 94 visit, I was very much, much more senior. I was the, I was the chief secretary at that time and um, much more involved in planning her program. It was a highly successful visit. 
-hmm. And at the end of it, she gave two CVOs, one to His Excellency the Governor, Michael Gore, and one to myself. And she only gives these when she feels like giving them. Mm. The CVO is the highest award that she gives when she travels. Um, and that, that became a very personal thing for me uh, because it was given mm. on her decision. No one had to recommend it to her. Mm. She personally decided, and that, that makes it very special. Wow, amazing. And of course, folks, if you don't know, uh, Mr. Lemuel Hurlson has had a very esteemed career, and he's also the Cayman Islands rep for the Commonwealth Society. So thank you so much um, for sharing that. That's quite amazing. So folks, we are looking at footage from um, Buckingham Palace. We see now um, King Charles III and um, the Queen Consort uh, walking and reflecting on um, the outpouring of love. Uh, the flowers are immense that, um, you know, this is a floral uh, tribute that has been laid at the palace. So let's just pull in a little bit of audio and hear exactly what's going on here. He doesn't seem to know quite which <laughs> entrance to go in through. This is well, a very uncharted territory for him. That's he'll get used to that. Yes, wrong door. <laughs> not that often, of course, that they walk along the pavement outside Buckingham Palace because they normally just whiz in and out in their vehicles. It's very um, rare to see them walking outside Buckingham Palace. Yeah, um, even on Tripping the Colour Day, he, of course, would be on horseback. So quite a rare moment for the king to walk through the main gates of Buckingham Palace. And there they go. The king and queen arriving at Buckingham Palace, a, a, a building, a place, a palace that he knows so well, but in a very different role. Yes, and he will need to, in time, establish his office there, move his office up from Clarence House. And in due course, one must assume that he will um, take over the private quarters that have been occupied by the Queen, the, the Sovereign's quarters. Um, we, I suspect, won't see whether he will go in via the, the king's entrance, which has always been called. Um, but um, no, if he was doing that, he would be turning to the right, which I don't think he's doing. So presumably going in the, the, the state entrance. Um, and as you were saying, Sophie, for a busy afternoon, um, seeing the prime minister, they will have a number of things to discuss. And finalizing those details, giving his final approval to the details that officials will have been working on both at Clarence House and Buckingham Palace. Those details for the morning, for the... The armfuls of flowers being uh, carried there by, by aides, by palace staff. Huge crowds still outside the gates of Buckingham Palace and the new king and queen are there. The royal standard flying above the palace. The royal standard, the only flag that does not fly at half-mast. That is never lowered to half-mast. Absolutely, yeah, because there is never not a monarch. Um, as we know, at the moment of the death of one, uh, the, the next immediately, imperceptibly, invisibly takes over. And that 
That happened at Balmoral at 4.30 yesterday afternoon in uh, the room where the Queen's life finally ended and where, we understand, Charles was at his mother's bedside. So at that moment mm. he became king and I should imagine that uh, Camilla perhaps would have been the first person to address him as Your Majesty. He's no longer Your Royal Highness, he is now Your Majesty, as indeed is she as Queen Consort. And it will be interesting to see just how much of a public role Camilla now plays. I think he, well, he relies on her very much. So folks, um, some very interesting details, of course, over the past, um, you know, almost 24 hours are beginning to emerge now uh, in light of, of the um, passing of uh, Queen Elizabeth II. Now we have almost an exact time of death. Uh, there was speculation um, and, you know, there's a bit of interesting sort of um, history of how people needed to be notified. I'm going to share that video with you guys next, and then we're going to come back. Uh, Mr. Lemuel Hurlston does have some time constraints, so he will be with us until about uh, nine o'clock this morning. Miss Mary, you're welcome to stay as long as you would like. Uh, we've got some excellent local commentators. We do have Richard says Miss Mary herself is one of her key man national treasures, without a doubt. Anthony also recognizing, um, he says it's fine time for all including the education ministry, to have a total informative awakening of our history and constitution for schools and the people of the Cayman Islands um, here are well-versed Caymanians. We do have a WhatsApp message came in uh, supporting that position as well. And um, that message said the Baden Town display should be part of our curriculum for our children, as simple as that. Um, Mr. L uh, Lemuel, we have a question for you. They said, what is the significance of the CVO that Mr. Lem received? So I don't think many of us have heard of that particular um, recognition before. So can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yes, well, there are honors and awards at, at different levels. You have the members, you have the officers, you have the commanders, and then you have the night commanders. Mm -hmm. And the CVO is... Uh, stands for Commander of the Royal Victorian Order. That's the, the, mm. the, the significance of the CVO. So it ranks very high. Um, and it, as I said, it is a personal uh, recognition and one that she gives when she travels. Mm -hmm. she, and she has traveled extensively. Uh, so to be in that club is, uh, is sort of special, I think. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Well, congratulations. Um, so let's just have um, a view now of some footage that we have received um, from others that um, little snippets to explain uh, some about the monarchy and how things uh, have played out. Operation London Bridge. That's the code name given to the plan in place for the days and weeks after Queen Elizabeth II's passing. The Queen has been sitting on the royal throne since 1952. That's the longest reign of any monarch in British history. And during that time, she's seen over a dozen UK prime ministers, nearly 20 Summer Olympics, and over half a dozen popes. The Queen is the cornerstone to the Commonwealth, the patron to almost 600 organizations and charities, and plays a pivotal role in the UK's alliance with many countries. So her passing will bring about a lot of change. Not just for the United Kingdom, but potentially the world. 
Her private secretary, the Right Honourable Edward Young, will immediately pass a message on to the acting Prime Minister at the time. That message will likely read, London Bridge is down. The Prime Minister will then set Operation London Bridge into action. Within minutes, the 15 governments outside of the UK where the Queen is head of state will be informed over a secure line. And that will be followed by the other 36 Commonwealth nations and leaders around the world. The gates of Buckingham Palace will then dawn a black-edged notice of the news. At the same time, a news flash will alert media around the world. Every media outlet is prepared for the news. Every radio station has a network of lights that will flash to indicate a national catastrophe such as this. All BBC shows will stop and proceed to run a feed dedicated to the news. Newsreaders will change into the black suits and clothing that is on hand at all times in the news studio. And the traditional red BBC News branding will turn black. Newspapers, TV channels and radio stations have days of coverage ready to go. On the same day as her death, the Queen's eldest son, Charles will immediately become king. And it's reported that the stock exchange, businesses and shops across the UK will likely close for the day out of respect. The day after the Queen's death, on a live stream, Charles will make his first official speech as king. And the government will swear its allegiance to the sound of a 41-gun salute in Hyde Park, London. After that, King Charles if this is the name he so chooses, will set off on a UK tour, visiting the leaders of government in the capitals of each country, Edinburgh, Belfast and Cardiff, before returning to London. During this period, TV channels will play the many documentaries already made in the Queen's honour, and the BBC will refrain from playing comedy shows as a sign of respect until after the funeral. Four days after her death, the Queen's coffin will be led on a military procession from Buckingham Palace to Westminster Hall. Here, she will lie in state over the next four days, and after which King Charles, family and dignitaries will pay their respects. Then, the doors will open to likely hundreds of thousands of people queued up outside. The funeral is estimated to take place 10 to 12 days after the Queen's passing. But one thing is certain, the day of the funeral will be an official bank holiday for the whole of the United Kingdom. The stock exchange will close for a second time in under two weeks, and many businesses will follow suit. At 11am sharp, the bells of Big Ben will chime, the country will fall silent, and the coffin will be brought inside Westminster Abbey, where 2,000 specially invited guests will bow their heads in prayer. After the service, the coffin will be taken to Windsor Castle, and then finally to St George's Chapel, where Queen Elizabeth II will likely be laid to rest next to her father, King George VI. Likely, within a year after the funeral, an official coronation for King Charles will take place on yet another bank holiday. All in all, accounting for the multiple bank holidays, funeral expenses and coronation celebrations, the Queen's passing is estimated to cost the UK economy billions of pounds. In addition, hundreds of changes will happen across the UK in the months to come. New British currency will be printed with the King's portrait, and the Queen's currency will slowly be removed from use. The same will happen for stamps, passports, and police and military uniforms, 
and the national anthem will be changed to God Save the King. Not to mention how the world and Commonwealth will react to the new king could alter the British royal family forever. For example, there is growing support in Australia for the country to become a republic, and the Queen's death could heighten that support. This could lead other countries to follow suit, which would almost certainly weaken the British monarchy. This scenario will one day be upon us. Operation London Bridge will be triggered, and arguably the biggest funeral of our lifetime will be witnessed around the world. This will be the end of an era. So um, again, uh, we have a, a similar video that's a little bit um, done a little bit differently that we play a bit later on in the program. It's actually the official name Operation London Bridge is down um, is really, you know, sort of the secret plan, not so secret really, of exactly um, how what protocols will be followed and, um, you know, what the operation is for the entire funeral plan for Queen Elizabeth II. Because she died in Scotland, it's the name changed slightly and it's not Operation London Bridge, which is one thing that a lot of people still don't know. But we'll get to that a little bit later on in the program. So, of course, um, you know, we have seen we were talking about her first visit. We do have fo some photos here that um, a lot of people have been generous to share with us um, of her visits. Now, if you um, between Mr. Lemuel and Honorable Mary Lawrence, if you guys can help me figure out when some of these photos would have been from. That would be I'm amazing because I don't know if they're all from the first or the second visit, but any idea um, if, if this one would have been from her first or second visit? That would be her second visit because her arm is in bandage. Right. Okay. And this is another view of that. And of course we see um, Mr. John McLean, I believe that is in the background of this photo. Yes. And um, we have uh, another one here. Presumably this would have been from her first visit, given that it's a black and white photo. Yes, that's from the first visit. Mm -hmm. And yeah. um, can you tell us a little bit about who's in the picture? Obviously, um, the prince is there. That is the Honorable James Manoa Bodden, our first national hero. Mm -hmm. Wonderful. And um, here's another photo that someone has uh, given us as well. That's her arrival at the South Terminal on her second visit. On her second visit, okay. And this would have been the first. Yes, and this looks like the governor's residence. Yes. Uh-huh. All right, um, we have another one here. That would have been... That's the second. That That's looks like the first visit also, 83. That looks like the first visit in 83. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, she's on the front cover, the no resting Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. And um, we've got this one here. That's the second visit. That's the second visit. Mm-hmm. So that looks like Mr. McKeever Bush, a young uh, Honorable McKeever Bush right there in that photo. Certainly. And we have this young lady here. Um, um, who was presenting her with some flowers. Mm -hmm. We see the, um, here's a different angle where she was actually handing her uh, some flowers there. And of course, this young lady 
is um, as small as Cayman is. This is Sharice McLean, who is uh, a niece of, um, of Ard McLean, former representative for the District of East End. Oh, wonderful. Yes, absolutely beautiful. So thank you guys so much. Here is Mr. Um, Mr. Berman uh, Scott uh, showing a picture of um, that he has of the Queen, and uh, he posted that on his social media page yesterday. So thank you to him for posting that. We had reached out to him and and said that we would grab it and share it this morning. So a lot of people, folks, have um, photos and pictures and you know uh, what they see in their minds as a special connection. Uh, to the Queen, and I must say that we're actually going to reach out to one person this morning, Miss Marguerite, um, who has a very interesting story to tell about the Queen. I'm hoping now that she's able to um, speak to us. She was very, very emotional yesterday because of of this loss. Um, she took it, you know, uh, quite quite personal actually, um, and you'll understand why here in just a second as we see if we can just get her on the phone. So let me just um, pull up her number here and we're gonna give her a call and she'll explain to the people what her special connection is to Her Majesty. Good morning. Hi, Miss Morning. Good morning, Miss Maggie. How are you? I'm under a lot of pressure here, Miss. Um, I, I have you live on air, Madam. Just I want two minutes of your time. I was just speaking to our listeners about how people have a special connection to the Queen. I thought I thought your story was particularly interesting. Um, can you tell us a little bit about um, you know why you feel this loss so particularly difficult and what your connection is? with Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth II. Thank you for having me, Sandy. Well, you know, um, I was born in Jamaica and grew up in Jamaica. And um, my mother, my, my grandfather was an Anglican. Mm -hmm. And um, I think it was, it happened before I was born. Um, my 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 mother, her birthday was April the twenty fifth, nineteen twenty six, and when the Queen came to visit, um, my grandfather realizing that the dates, I think it was almost the same date as the Queen, appealed to the um, bishop of Kingston because. She was going to attend um, a church service and would be given communion, knowing that my grandfather was a priest and, you know, um, they discussed it. Um, if she, if the church would allow her to um, receive communion at the same time alongside the queen, and um, it was approved and um, she was able to take communion. Being an Anglican, she was able to take communion at the same time. Yeah. Now, my my mother never ever she was this person that you know she never boasted, she never bragged, she never told us about it. Uh -huh. But my father always teased her and said, you know, called her 
Queenie, and we didn't know why. Mm-hmm. And uh, one day we said, "What? Well, I know she behaves in a very, very stately person, and stiff upper lip, never complained, you know, always laughing and giving a lot of jokes. And um, one day we said to Dad, you know, why do you call her Queenie? And he told us about um, what had happened. And we said, I says, let us just not talk about it. You know, those things you you don't talk about. Oh, yes, it happened. Mm-hmm. And so we felt, okay, the queen was our second mom. Mm-hmm. And we, everything, you know, we, everything that was written about her, we mm-hmm. heard about her. Visit your mate, sure you went out on the side of the road and you waved. Mm-hmm. And I think the last visit, um, when she came to Jamaica, where I saw her was at um, I attended King's House because you could be invited. Mm-hmm. Uh, I then worked for the um, Prime Minister of Jamaica at the time, and um, they were having a state dinner at um, the King's House. Mm-hmm. So we invited, his staff was invited on the lawns. And I remember herself on Prince Philip passing, and he was teasing um, members of the army. He was, he was great fun. But I remember her arm was broken. Mm-hmm. So she, had, she had it in a... Um, a cast and sling. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, the press didn't write up about it, and you know, mm-hmm. she was a very small person, very small in stature. I would say tiny. Mm-hmm. And uh, we asked. I asked my boss. I said, "What happened to her hand?" He says, um, "Well, she didn't. She didn't offer the information, and it you know, she was just going on." As mm-hmm. if it was nothing. It's mm-hmm. just like another in her life. And um, we since we after found out that I think she had fallen off her, her horse yes. and broke her arm, but she was still there doing her duties as anything else. So mm-hmm. we felt, as Jamaicans, a very close connection to the royal family, even though we became independent and... Mm-hmm. We Union Jack came down in 1961, and um, mm-hmm. we felt so, you know, as if she was our mom, mm-hmm. you know, everything. Mm-hmm. Queen, and we um, always wanted to know about her children. I think Prince Anne, Princess Anne came once to Jamaica, mm-hmm. and uh, she was so in love with horses, everything was horses. I don't remember Prince Charles ever visiting, but I know that Prince Anne came and I think she stayed at King's House as well with mm-hmm. the Governor General Vice. Yes. So the memories of her are beautiful memories, you know, and I think a motherly person mm-hmm. because um, she mothered her nation. Mm-hmm. Um, her greatest thing was to be always on duty for her people mm-hmm. and her co- and the Commonwealth, and you know, you you grow up as her as a second mother. You mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. the mother 
the mother of our nation. Yes. And even when we became independent, she still cared about us and visited um, many and many times. And as children, I always remember, you know, the Queen is coming, the Queen is coming. We'd get dressed and go out to Paris Ages Airport and stand on the side of the road with the little youth black flags and oh my God. Um, the beautiful memories of the royal family. So, you know, when we see that um, people are saying that, you know, negative things about their, you know, mostly money and uh, they don't really serve. She has served us well, I must say. And we do appreciate her, at least my family did. And uh, most of my friends did, you know. There couldn't be a magazine or a news report that you didn't say, did you see that? Did you read about the Queen? Did you read about Prince Charles? Did you read about Prince Philip, Princess Anne? Mm -hmm. <laughs> it has been pleasant for us. And so when she passed yesterday, I really got emotional. It was as if I had lost a second mother. <sighs> so God rest her soul. May she rest in peace. May she rest in peace. So it's, it's amazing that your mother shared um, a birthday then. Yes, shared a birthday and shared communion with her when they both partook on the same day when she visited many. I think I, it, it was over 70 years ago. Um, or maybe it was, maybe it was right after she was crowned and she visited Jamaica to a certain and I'm sure it was before I was born. Mm -hmm. Anyway, well, thank I you suppose so we, all yes. we all have to travel the same road. Absolutely. But may, may she rest in peace and may her family find comfort. The Lord provide them with comfort at the time they, as, they, as they mourn her loss. It's a great loss, a great loss. And we have to say, welcome King Charles III. Yes. May he happily over us here in the Cayman Islands and the whole Commonwealth. Thank you so much. Okay, have a great day, Sandy. Okay. Thanks for having Thanks, Miss Maggie. God, God bless. All right, thanks. Bye-bye. Bye. So um, again, people are obviously reflecting um, on the memories, um, their interactions. Uh, I mean, Miss Maggie's story, her mother had quite a connection being born um, on the same day in the same year and everything as, as the queen. And when she found that out, uh, when she visited Jamaica, she acknowledged that by sharing communion with Miss Maggie's mother uh, quite some time ago. Now we do have someone who's mentioning some of the details of the photos uh, that we have here. So one person says um, that uh, the names of the women in the cover of the Northwestern magazine, uh, do, does anyone, I'll just pull it back up here on the screen so that we can all see that. But does anyone have any idea who these women are? Let me just see if I can pull this back up. Miss um, Mary, do you do you know who these women may be? Um, well, the lady in here, 
this uh, second lady is Miss Mary. Miss Betty Marion. She was Marion. She's not Marion. No, she's Thompson. Um, okay. Would that uh, be the one in the blue with the lighter no, colored no, hat? No. no. The second one, the pink lady, the one okay. in the dress. Mm -hmm. um, the other two, I'm not sure about, but I know we have it listed in, in the center up there. So when you come mm -hmm. there, you'll be able to see it. You know, right. the thing that has not been mentioned here is the fact that she attended a church service here on her second visit. She attended uh -huh. a church service in Elms Memorial Church, and her husband read the scripture that morning in the service. Oh, wow. She was, she was a very um, religious person. People never uh -huh. talked very much about her faith, but you would listen to her messages, and there was always that thread running through it. Uh -huh, uh -huh. And then someone mentions this photo here. At the governor's re residence, they said the late um, Dr. Edlin Marin and his lovely uh -huh. wife, Helen uh -huh. Marin. Yes. And they said, I don't remember who else, but I believe our knowledgeable guests would know. So, um, Mr. Mister Hulson, do you have any idea yes. who else? The tall gentleman beside Dr. Marin's wife, Helen, is the Honorable Ormond Panton. Wow. Beautiful. So we do have other people who are tuning in. Um, good morning. Uh, this person says the lady in the blue dress. Um, if I think we go back to the previous photo, let me just see here. Is um, let me just get the name uh, Magdalene, Magdalene Elizabeth Bodden. Uh, so one of her grandchildren is saying that that's who that is, and then they say Jack and Jill Bodden's mother. So um, thank you guys so much for identifying, um, you know, who who these people are. Some of them themselves uh, have obviously passed on um, since then. So um, as we continue down uh, memory lane, we'll just look at a few more tidbits here. Of course, this um, was also circulating. That's uh, again, the Honorable McKeever Bush and the Queen um, at, uh, I'm assuming that would be her second visit with us. And uh, we have some people sharing this one. So that these are some of the the lovely young ladies um, from the District of West Bay who were anxiously um, awaiting in that section to see uh, the queen walk by as well. So I don't know, some of them look quite young, so I'm sure some of you all might be able to identify um, who they are, but lots of, lots of Caymanian faces, right? <laughs> so um, there you have it. So let, let's just watch a little video that uh, was also shared with us um that's more of a local twist to be in West Bay, another chance for Caymanians and other residents to speak, if only briefly, with Her Majesty. A sea of national pride, Colors, red, white, and blue. 
children donning their school uniforms, awaiting Her Majesty's arrival for the official opening of phase one of the Ed Bush Sports Center. Okay, I represent uh, Shauna's Early World of Learning Center in West Bay, and we've been practicing the children, and they're surely um, all excited about seeing the Queen, and I am as well. I think the whole thing, it looks very nice, and I'm excited and, about uh, it. Very important is the fact that this is a benchmark for the region. The Queen and the Duke were met by the Minister for Sports and the first elected MLA for West Bay, the Honorable McKeever Bush. Also on hand, as part of the official party, persons instrumental in the development of sports. MLA Mrs. Edna Moyle met Her Majesty and other members of the Royal Party. She was presented with a bouquet by a student from the Northside Primary School, and a number of people lined the path, hoping for just a glimpse or a chance to say hello. Northsiders are known for their talents in art and craft. Her Majesty was given the royal tour of some of the district's best while being serenaded by students from the primary school. So um, again, there's some additional uh, footage that we have managed to get our hands on um, of Queen Elizabeth's second visit um, to the Cayman Islands. Now, Mr. Lemuel Hurlston, we appreciate you so much. We know that you do have to leave Thank for you. nine o'clock. So can we just have perhaps some final thoughts um, from you this morning? Well, I think the whole morning has been very uh, productive and, and helpful. Um, Her Majesty had a real sense of purpose and duty Mm -hmm. And she carried herself with great poise and grace, of course, as always. She's been a, a life of service and inspiration. And all of these accolades will be engraved in various forms throughout history because mm -hmm. she is part of it. Mm -hmm. And we are the better served because she lived and gave us the examples to follow. Yes. Well, thank you so much, sir. Thank you for having really, me. really appreciate it. Okay, dear. Thank you. All right. Um, so again, thank you uh, very, very much to Mr. Lemuel for joining us this morning. Um, he is the Cayman Islands rep for the Commonwealth Society and um, a wealth of information. Took some time out of his day. Ms. Mary, um, the Honorable Ms. Mary Lawrence will continue to be with us. Ms. Anne and um, a few others. Ms. Darlene joining us in the UK says that I see Dr. Hetley in the back as well. Uh, Claudia says, I recognize most of the West Bay young girls. <laughs> so, And Paul uh, checking in with us from Bermuda, saying that they had very minor damage from um, Hurricane Earl. 
So um, thank you so much. So Ms. Mary, I mean, what, what an amazing, um, just from that short video clip, we can see that Caymanians were obviously very excited to visit her back in the 90s. And, um, you know, no doubt, I, I, Ms. Shauna talking about her preschool, uh, lots of those Caymanians are still very much around now um, to continue to, you know, reflect on, on their, their visit with her and the fact that they were able to actually see her in person. Um, yes, and I want you to note that children were involved mm -hmm. in, 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 in a, they were there and they were standing in the side of the roads in groups. They were there in the, in the many um, things yes. that she did, like open of the field, open of the north side, the, the Queens Highway. Children were involved. Children were there. Children knew that the Queen had come to the Cayman Islands. Mm -hmm. It is sad that they don't know that she has died. Mm. Wow. That, that is yes. how much our society has changed over the time. And I'm going to say this now, and it might sound yes. like criticism, but yesterday I was on the road when the news mm -hmm. came up that she had. So the first thing I did was turn on the radio. Mm. What a disappointment. What you a know, disappointment. I, yes. I'm, Cayman Radio, mm. paid for by the Cayman taxpayers, did mm. not pay the respect to her that they should have paid. I don't care yeah. if anybody likes me saying this or not, mm. but when they did manage to shut down and they were going to play music, they said first till three o'clock and then they said till six. The music mm -hmm. was not appropriate for the occasion. There mm -hmm. is, I, I looked at what you just put out there. The message mm -hmm. had gone out. Everybody should have been prepared that this was going to happen. If it didn't happen, that was God bless us all. But if it was going to happen, you should have been prepared. All newsrooms mm -hmm. across the world was prepared. Mm -hmm. came and we were just business as usual. Let's put yeah. this out outside in Burger, uh, Burger King. Let's put this out. You know, it was really pathetic. Yes. It was really pathetic. And it was insulting as far as mm -hmm. I am concerned to mm -hmm. those of us who believe that there are protocols that should be observed. Whether you like the monarchy or don't like the monarchy, mm -hmm. that's immaterial. You are paid to do a job and you do it because there are protocols to be observed. And mm -hmm. those protocols were not observed yesterday on Radio Cayman. And I say that with a fair contradiction. Mm -hmm. I look well, um, I actually flipped, flipped through radio stations to find one because, like I said, I was on the road that was carrying what was happening, that I could know what was happening, wh where the, the king was, the, the new uh -huh. king was, wh where, where, what was the, the protocols that were being followed in London and other places. What did we do here? Mm. You know, oh, uh, we had a speech by the governor and we had one by the premier and they were very good speeches, but that is not where it should have begun and ended. Mm -hmm. When we did the, the Platinum Jubilee here, we should have had the the, um, the minute of silence just like they had everywhere else in all the schools. Mm -hmm. None of these protocols have been observed in Cayman and it makes us look bad because we we might have 135 nationalities here, but we are Caymanians and we are British subjects until we pull that flag down. Mm -hmm. And I think it's time that our people learn and on especially school children, they need to learn mm -hmm. and understand about these things. And yes. I blame the adults, I blame my generation and the generations who've come after me who have not done mm -hmm. enough to understand that these things are so important in our history there. You have to know who you are if you want to know mm -hmm. who, where, where you come from to know who you are and where you want mm -hmm. to go. 
Well, Miss Mary, as you said, you speak without fear or contradiction this morning, because I tell you what, you know, um, we saw it at the beginning of the show on 106, where Blake was saying the same thing. Um, Blake Roger, he's the uh, manager there over the DMS stations. DMS shut down all of their stations, the regular programming, and, and they had, um, you know, they were talking about the Queen for a good a good time, because I know that they as shut soon as down she the died, stock exchange in London. Yeah. Never mind, you know, that should have given us a hint of what we should have done here. Yes, It wasn't absolutely. business as usual. Yeah. No, I, I, I completely agree with you, and, I, and I'm surprised. Um, I don't often listen to um, Radio Cayman, but to be honest, I'm surprised to hear that they did not, um, you know, do much of an acknowledgement. I really am surprised to hear that because... Um, I don't necessarily expect it of Compass Media, but I do definitely expect it of the government-owned radio station. So that that's very shocking to me. And Miss Lulu says, yes, ma'am. I agree with you wholeheartedly. Claudia says, amen, Miss Mary. I agree with your comments about the lack of recognition by the local radio stations. Uh, Richard says, preach it, Miss Mary. Um, Sue agrees. She says, yes, very true. We watched it in the BBC News. James watching and joining us from Canada this morning. Good morning, James. Um, Marcia says, well said, Miss Mary, I was thinking of the same thing. Uh, God bless you. Miss Lulu says, I was also searching the radio station too and was very disappointed. Uh, Anthony is in agreement. And uh, Miss Debbie joins in. She says, preach it, Miss Mary. So uh, Denver also agrees. He said, yes, Miss Mary, so true. And Live says, yes, the UK radio stations or the radio stations in the UK have changed their tune and it will be so for the next 10 days um, and not so much as an acknowledgement. Mr. Clint says, I agree. We should have had a rolling broadcast ready to go. I remember for the Diamond Jubilee, we had a full protocol in play. That's so right, what, what happened? Yeah, this is really, really sad. Um, Jess Bodden says, thank you, Miss Mary, for your observations. You're so right. Thanks again. Um, and Denver says that he was totally in shock, uh, thanks to CMR, because we did go live. Uh, we were talking about it, obviously, on the morning program. And then as soon as we heard the announcement coming in, uh, we do we did go live on this platform as well. So we do have a caller. We're, we're actually going to give this caller a call back. I know they were trying to get on when Miss Matthews This number does not subscribe to oh. a voice mailbox service. They might be on, on a call. Um, we'll see if we can... Um, get them back on the line as well. So 936, folks, uh, Bobo, that's 936-2626. We've got Miss Mary Ebanks joining us from West Bay. Good morning to the beautiful Miss Mary. She says, I agree, Miss Mary, and the upcoming children need to be taught in schools about our heritage. Um, so again, uh, Richard says money is king in Cayman, and maybe that's why. I don't even know what's about the money, Richard. It seems like people just um, dropped the ball, like they had... <laughs> They were just clueless. Louis says, I learned about it on CMR. Uh, Miss Sue says the children should be taught their heritage. Miss Lucille Forbes agrees, says, I was shocked, but I kept my mouth shut um, and ashamed. Well, Miss Mary, the Honorable Miss Mary Lawrence is not keeping her mouth shut here today. She has said that um, she's very, very disappointed. Very, very sad. Well, I will tell you how much we are dropping the ball. I went to Tampa recently. Mm -hmm. And when I stepped on board Cayman Airways, if I hadn't seen the Sir Turtle, I would have thought I was on Air Cubana because mm -hmm. there was lots of Spanish music playing. I'm coming back, and the same thing happens coming back from Tampa. 
this is the national airline with all the good singers and all the good bands we have in Cayman. Why mm -hmm. are we playing Cuban music or Spanish music? Mm -hmm. Why aren't our people being welcomed with Come Back to Cayman and all those beautiful songs that we have out there? Mm -hmm. Somebody's dropping the ball on a lot of things that tells us that we are Caymanian mm -hmm. and we should mm -hmm. be proud of Caymanian, to be Caymanian. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and I, I just feel that we just we're just letting ourselves be slow, overwhelmed by all of this stuff that is around us. And mm. we I I don't know if it's from just a lack of knowledge, a lack of mm. what it might be. But you know, even the, the president of the United States, world heads across the world yesterday mm -hmm. paused to say what it had to be said to be said. Right. And the British Crown calling to drop the ball. Mm, mm, mm. You know, and, and and this this is more and more I'm seeing this happen. Mm -hmm. This weekend, and this has nothing to do with Her Majesty, but this weekend marks the anniversary of the Ivan Hurricane, the worst mm -hmm. hurricane that ever hit the Cayman Islands. And I have heard anybody saying about it. I saw it there. Mm -hmm. Caymanian had a, a, a little front page thing about the Ivan thing. It, it is also at the September 11th anniversary when the terrorism attack happened in New York City. These are major events, major events that we should know about mm -hmm, and we should mm -hmm. be talking about. We should be thanking the good Lord today that we are standing on our feet and that we didn't have to bury a lot of people like you did in 1932, 75 years before when whole families went to sea. Mm -hmm. we, we have so much to be thankful for in this country and we don't pause and take time to do it. We just keep going, going, going. Put up another concrete jungle. Put up another, build another road. Build, bring some more cars. That's not prosperity. That's mm -hmm, the mm -hmm. ignorance, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I'm entitled to voice, voice that. I've been here. Of course. This world, 82 years, and I'm entitled to my voice. And I don't let that be silent on any occasion. Mm -hmm. I think it's time that, I, I appreciate what you do. They, they mm -hmm. might not always like it. And you may mm -hmm. not get it right. You may not always say it the way that somebody wants to say it. But mm -hmm. at least you do say it. Mm -hmm. And until we learn to raise our voices and get out there and say what has to be said, this country is going to slip further and further away from reality. Mm. And it, it, it's a, it's a, sad, sad. It's a sad indictment on us. You know, we lost two of our women icons in this community recently. Non mm -hmm. Sybil McLaughlin, the national hero. Mrs. Isla Conley. Mm -hmm. You know, these these are people that our children should be learning about in school. Absolutely. We should our children should know who the national heroes are. They should mm -hmm. know their life stories. This mm -hmm. should be a part of their reading exercise. But it is not. It yes. is not. We 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 are we are we are just pretending that we don't know who Kimanyan is. Mm. Ms. Hornsby said if a, a notification from the K Jamaican Observer on Facebook alerted her yesterday, I couldn't find anything in the radio stations here. Um, like I said, the DMS stations across their four stations did do a simulcast. Um, Ms. Sue says, yes, Sandy, you did come on CMR yesterday. Lulu says, thanks, Sandy. CMR really did good coverage. Um, Anne says, uh, thank you, Sandy. Again, we totally appreciate your dedication to getting all news to us, the people. Uh, Ms. Anne Smith is agreeing, says you're too right, Ms. Mary. And uh, Denver says, loss of pride and education. So um, a bit of a sad indictment on us folks that, um, you know, once again, 
we see how as a country, perhaps we have dropped the ball now. To the government's credit, uh, this morning, there will be a 96 gun salute at 10 a.m., which we will carry here live on uh, CMR as part of our coverage. So Clint uh, says many people on our island don't even know the code name for the Queen's death, which was hashtag uh, London Bridge is um, down. And um, again, Miss Sue agreeing. Uh, Debbie, Miss Deborah says, good morning all. I'd like to pay respects and share the condolences to the family of Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth II. She was an outstanding lady and queen. And yesterday, our principal in Kim and Brack made the announcement of her passing on the intercom. Um, he, Mr. Devin Bowen, asked all of us staff and students to stand and absorb a moment of silence to show our respects. I am the school librarian in Kim and Brack at all the schools and all the students and I in the schools uh, and school library stood for a moment of silence. So thank you, Ms. Deborah, for um, sharing that with us. It's so good to um, know that there was some degree of acknowledgement even with um, in perhaps some of the school. Um, uh, Esley says, agree as, as, as an expat, I was aware, I was more aware of the protocol and my daughter's school, which is a private school, after they learn about what happened, her teacher talked, uh, started to talk about the queen and what she means for Caymanians and British people. And my daughter was saying that she was so sad about it. And even some of the kids cried. So some of the private schools doing their part, haven't heard anything about government schools as yet. Moya says that they're trying to eradicate all Caymanian traditions. We're going through culture gentrification. Oh my goodness. Let's hope that that's not the case. Um, thank you. Deborah saying that this was in the high schools. Um, so folks, again, you know, this morning is in honor of um, Queen Elizabeth II, who did pass away uh, yesterday afternoon, London time. It was still um, morning here in the Cayman Islands. Um, we, of course, honor Her Majesty for all of her contributions. 70 years of service, the longest serving monarch, uh, British monarch, and one of the longest serving actually in the entire world, um, she had quite an amazing um, life and she has left behind quite an amazing legacy that I think anyone would say that those are pretty big shoes to, um, to have to fill. So uh, we will continue our coverage this morning. If you'd like to call into the program, 936-2626 is the telephone number. You're free to call in. I wanted to share another snippet that we have that we um, obtained in terms of the, the protocols that are to follow. And then I do want to look at some of the things locally that we know uh, might be in the plans and exactly what, you know, what's going on. I'm surprised, you know, obviously London Bridge is down. This has been set for many, many years. I know that Jamaica will take 12 days of, um, of you know, observing her, her the passage now of, of her. Um, as well, although technically they're not um, they're not an overseas territory, they're still considered part of the Commonwealth. And uh, there was there's a few people in the community who've been circulating like jokes and memes and stuff. And I must tell you that I find these to be very very distasteful and um, you know disrespectful at this particular time. It's just not the time or place for it to be joking about um, the passage of Her Majesty, who was very well well revered and respected around the world. So here's another video snippet that we found, folks, that you might find interesting. Operation London Bridge, the plan that no one wants to talk about, the plan for what happens when the Queen dies. No matter how secretive Buckingham Palace may be about the plans that surround her death, everyone knows exactly what to do. And the plans, which were uncovered by The Guardian, are complex, intricate, and timed out to the exact minute. Phase one, 
D-Day. According to The Guardian, on the day the Queen dies, Edward Young, the Queen's private secretary, will be the first official to convey the news, setting Operation London Bridge into full gear. And at the exact moment in which she passes, Prince Charles will become King, and Camilla will become Queen-ish. We'll explain that a bit later. On a secure line, Young will directly inform the British Prime Minister that London Bridge is down and the news of her death will be distributed to various heads of state before it is disclosed to the general public. Once the Prime Minister is alerted, the Foreign Office's Global Response Center will alert the 15 governments where the Queen is still considered the head of state. From there, the 37 nations where she still serves as a political figurehead will also be informed. After this, the announcement of her death will be shared with both the UK's press association and the rest of the media outlets across the globe. Outside the palace, the news crews will be able to assemble in a predetermined area next to the Canada Gate. The same message will appear on the palace's website on a dark background. All the flags at the palace will be lowered and bells will toll. Both Houses of Parliament are expected to gather within hours of her death. And on the evening of his mother's death, Charles will make his first address to the public as King. Now, all of this is assuming that she dies in London. If that's not the case, Here's how things will play out. Scenario 1. If the Queen dies abroad, the royal equivalent of Air Force One will fly a coffin to the location of her death, accompanied by the royal undertakers, and return the Queen's body to London. Scenario 2. If the Queen dies at her Sandringham estate in Norfolk, her body will return to London by car a few days after she passes. Scenario 3. The most intricate scenario of all is if the Queen passes while at the Balmoral Castle in Scotland, where she spends three months a year. Scottish rituals will play out before her body returns to London. Phase 2, D-Day plus 1. Flags will be raised the morning after her death, and at 11am, Charles, the eldest male descendant of Queen Elizabeth, will be proclaimed King. At this point, Charles has waited longer than anyone else in history to assume the throne. Phase 3, D plus 1 through 12. Following the first 24 hours after her death, Great Britain will enter a 12-day mourning period, culminating with the Queen's funeral. King Charles will tour the country, stopping in Edinburgh, Belfast, and Cardiff, to appear at services to honor his mother. During this time, he will also meet with various elected leaders. D plus one, Westminster Hall will be closed for cleaning. Elaborate and lavish funeral preparations will begin. D plus four, the coffin will be moved to Westminster Hall during a procession that is expected to take place throughout London. When the coffin arrives, Big Ben will chime. Her body will then lie in state for four days. The Queen's orb, scepter, and the imperial crown will be placed on her coffin, and visitors will be allowed to pay their respects for 23 hours a day. D plus nine. In the early hours of the morning, the jewels will be cleaned before the funeral begins. Daily life will come to a halt in London. Businesses and stores will be closed. Big Ben will toll at 9 a.m. on the dot, and the bell's hammer will be covered with leather so that the bell rings in muffled tones throughout the remainder of the day. D plus 12. Her coffin will then be moved into Westminster Abbey, and the funeral will begin by 11 a.m. While the media will be allowed to film the services, the faces of the royals will not be shown during prayers. After the funeral, the same carriage that carried her father will return her body to her final resting place at Windsor Castle.
It's an understatement to say the Queen's death will mean huge changes for the House of Windsor. As previously mentioned, Prince Charles will become king. So what happens to Camilla? Most royal experts believe that the Queen's death will technically make Camilla the Queen Consort, but any speculation about her title is just that. King Charles will ultimately make that official decision. The Queen's death will move Charles's eldest son, Prince William, the Duke of Cambridge, up in the line of succession to heir apparent. After that, William's three children will fill the line in their birth order. This includes his daughter. Thanks to a 2011 vote by the British Commonwealth, Princess Charlotte will be second in line following her big brother George. So what does this mean for Prince Harry, Charles's youngest? Back in 2013, before the Duke and Duchess of Cambridge had children, Prince Harry was third in line to the throne. Now, Prince Harry is sixth, followed by any children he and Meghan Markle may have. And last but not least, there's Brexit. The truth of the matter is that the monarch has little to do with the UK leaving the European Union. But considering all of the change that will come from a departure from the EU, the monarchy may be the last standing and the most stable institution left. So um, again, folks, um, some very, very interesting insight into, um, you know, what, what is playing out over the days to come. So what we know here in the Cayman Islands, I'm just going to share some additional information. We, there will be um, a 36-gun salute this morning, which is going to be a mark of respect for Her Late uh, Majesty Queen Elizabeth II. It's going to be held at Government House. And they will do one round will be fired every 10 seconds with the number of rounds fired to match her age. In attendance will be His Excellency the Governor, the Premier, the Chief Justice, the Speaker of Parliament, members of Cabinet, Parliamentary Secretaries, members of the Opposition, Chief Officers, and the heads of statutory authorities and government-owned companies. So um, Cayman Mall Road will have a representative there who will be bringing in the live stream to us so that we can um, you know, ensure that we give you live coverage as well. There will be um, no, um, I should say this, that there will be, it's not an open invitation, so you cannot just show up to this event. It's uh, by invitation only. And so um, we will bring it to you the best we can, which is through, uh, thanks to modern technology. Um, so Ms. Mary, um, any, any thoughts? We do know that of course we will be having a public holiday. I think somebody was asking about that yesterday as well. Um, indeed, there will be um, a public holiday. We have some poems or people who've written some poems. Um, Barbara Cozy has shared a poem uh, with us, which we will read in just a little bit. And we do have Ms. Jenny Manderson, who has also shared um, something that she wrote, which is uh, memories of the 1983 visit of Her Majesty the Queen. So perhaps we'll get those queued up uh, in the meantime. Miss Mary? Uh, yes, Sandra. The I, I am concerned now. We are at we are, we've watched it in the beginning, but we have a week in front of us. Mm -hmm. What are they going to be doing in the schools to make the children aware of what is happening on a day by day basis? Mm -hmm. um, who is going to make sure that the teachers put this out to children that make the, that their children understand 
that the queen that has been the queen for the Cayman Islands for over 70 years has passed. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, this is a golden opportunity for us to remember all of this and to pass it on so that children understand that we have a foundation. The stability of this country, whether we want to admit it or not, is built on the fact that we are a part of the British. Mm-hmm. We're a British crown colony or a British territory, as I like to call this now. And it and, and on the stability, the stability we have has been built on that. Mm-hmm. And we just, we need to, like I just heard them talk about, you know, changing the money. They're going to change your face on the money. All of these things, children should be aware, high school children should be aware of these things. High school children should be aware of how our country developed over all of these years. And, mm-hmm. and, and um, you know, back in 1952, when she became queen, we didn't have an airport. Mm-hmm. We had mm-hmm. set roads. We didn't have a dock. We had mm-hmm. an iron stake in the iron shore that we tied up the ships on to. You know, we didn't have the parliament, the legislative assembly. We didn't have any of the development. We didn't have courthouses. We didn't have any of this development that we have today that has followed in a very short period of time. And sometimes I think we like to take all the credit for ourselves. But the fact, and and of course, there are people who come here who are quite willing to tell us, oh, we brought them this. No, they didn't. Mm-hmm. They came to enjoy it. Everybody who is in this country came to enjoy what is here. Mm-hmm. They didn't, they might have brought a talent that they, we paid them to carry out or we might have allowed them to set up a business that employed a couple of Caymanians and they're very few and far between now. But all, all of what is here, the foundation was laid and the, and the people of the Cayman Islands built it. And now we're just letting it slide. No, the children don't know. Mm-hmm. The children don't, the children growing up today, the young people growing up today and the generation before them, I'm afraid their parents don't know don't seem to understand how this country developed. Mm-hmm. We don't have any history books to tell how it developed. Mm-hmm. We don't have, the people, you, they used to pass the stories on, you know, I always say, I never, I wasn't here in 1932, mm-hmm. but I know all about the 1932 hurricane because I listened to that over and over and over in my family, in my community, what happened, how the crops were destroyed, how the homes were washed away, what happened in the BRAC, how long we had no communication with the outside world, all of this. And the Ivan hurricane, you ask a school child about that. Mm, I mm, I mm. one school and one little boy finally put up his hand and said, his dad had told him it was bad. Mm, and I mm-hmm. said, bad like how? He said, I don't know. My dad had just said it was bad. So wow. what are we teaching our children? How are they going to know what we have? You know, the Bible tells you, and I know these people that don't like religion. Um, in Deuteronomy, it tells you that when you have done all the things that you are supposed to do, you're, mm-hmm. you are ob- obligated to pass it on to the people, the children who come behind you. And that is why the Jewish nation did mm-hmm. that. That's what the Passover was. And today, every child that is Jewish knows what the Passover is. Because mm-hmm through the generations, they have passed the traditions of their nation. And we in the Cayman Islands that have so much to be thankful for and so much to be grateful for, our children don't know who they are. Every mm-hmm. nationality in here know who they are. They celebrate mm-hmm. their, their festivals. They celebrate their, 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 their 
what, what, what do they call them? Um, that they bring from the other Caribbean islands, the carnivals. That's not Caymanian. But we bring it here, and we and they bring it here, and we accept it because uh-huh. we didn't develop anything of our own. Pirates uh-huh. this year is being stretched over three months. I don't know who came up with the idea, but I looked at the program, and nobody called us. But the uh-huh. Bot- Heritage Days on the public beach on the first of October. And we have a heritage site in Bodentown, second to none. Really? Uh-huh. Something is wrong. Something is wrong somewhere. And somebody needs to get together, sit down, and talk about what we are building in this country and who we are building it for. How uh-huh. we are going to go about making it something that we can be proud of and that those who come here can understand our pride in it. Because Absolutely. Yes, ma'am. Uh, Miss Claudia is asking about access to the videos. Miss Claudia, if you just WhatsApp me, I will share those with you. Not a problem. Anthony says, Sandy, it'd be great to bring Miss Mary on in the future. She's a wealth of knowledge. Well, definitely now that she sees how easy it is to join the show. I got, um, and I got a, a whole lesson in technology <laughs> last night in the middle of the night from Sandy. I know. We were making sure everything was going to be working without a hitch this morning. And I tell you what, she's definitely, she's a very busy lady now. And don't y'all think that she's sitting at home knitting all day. She is very hard to get a hold of and she's very, very busy, but we're going to carve out some time because she's at the top of my list for people that I definitely want to include in the Cayman Voices series to be interviewed. And um, Claudia says, I'd love to shake your hand, um, Miss Mary. So we're going to share now um, some thoughts that have come in from Miss Jenny Manderson this morning. She shares that I'm deeply saddened by the passing of our, our beloved queen. The queen's presence was felt around the world. Her annual messages and her messages in troubled times brought a sense of peace and the hope for better days. I mourn her loss, but I'm also comforted that she left knowing that she had lived up to her commitment to dedicate her whole life to service. And she was working until two days before her death, which is quite amazing. Miss um, Jenny goes on to say, I have fond memories of her visits to Cayman. In 1993, I was among the first persons to learn of the planned visit simply because I was, uh, at the time, the clerk of the Executive Council, now Cabinet, Governor Lloyd called a special meeting and made the announcement. I went back to my office, and to the surprise of my assistant, I didn't take out a stencil and start typing minutes. I was all excited, but I couldn't say a word about it until the official announcement was made later in the day. I was involved behind the scenes, and like everyone else, I became more and more anxious as the date of the visit grew nearer. By the time it was over, I just sagged back. I could actually feel the tension leaving my body. I helped to arrange the preparation of invitations. They were handwritten with the help of a pool of volunteers known for their penmanship. Wow. At least my least favorite assignment was helping to field calls uh, from people asking for invitations. Most calls were from visitors or residents from the UK or one of the uh, countries that was in the that was on the schedule of the royal tour i was so tempted to remind them of that <laughs> if i recall correctly once an invitation was accepted it was followed by additional information and protocol requirements this uh, started another round of phone calls asking for clarification or advice and everyone wanted to get it just right in the end, we were well pleased with the distribution of invitations and opportunities for the public to share in the ost- ostentatious occasion. 
Um, let me see. Yes, the car for the royal party was brought in from overseas. Wow. And you can just imagine the panic we experienced when the key broke off in the ignition. Oh, my goodness. Shortly after it arrived. This was sorted out, and I hope someone can provide more details on that. Hmm. The evening of the garden party at Government House was so, for me, the highlight. All the frustrating moments were wiped out by getting to share in the exuberance of senior citizens and other Caymanians from all walks of life who revered the queen and never thought they would get to see her in person. It was a joyous event. One of my aunts who attended um, said something to the effect of, oh, I have seen my queen. I can die happy anytime now. And then she goes on to write, uh, when, who was seen leaving the reception in questionable garb? After carefully choosing my outfit for the occasion, I left the reception wearing a green garbage bag, courtesy of a bartender. True. The reception ended. The queen headed towards government house and she uh, stepped inside the covered area. The heavens opened. So ringing again, um, as mm -hmm. Mr. Lemuel Horson mentioned, my fondest memory of the ceremony in front of the Legislative Assembly building was Miss Annie's speech. Uh, I'm sure that um, she used any of the carefully prepared material. I'm not sure, sorry, that she used any of the carefully prepared material. She spoke from the heart and echoed the sentiments of the people she represented. After I was introduced to Her Majesty at Government House in 1994, I had to ask myself what happened. Uh, did I curtsy? What did I say? I remember the handshake, but did I make the dreadful mistake of holding up my hand first? I'll never know. And yes, I had been one of the people giving advice on the do's and don'ts. Um, I suggested one of my former staff call in to share his story on this. Uh, when guests were walking to the terminal to get on a boat to board the Queen's yacht, we were aware of cheers and calls from a group of people nearby. Uh, next morning, one of my staff members told me that they had been raiding us, best gown, best walk, et cetera. And I like to remember that as a reflection of the community spirit in those days and how they shared other people's happiness and the simple things that people found pleasure in. So again, uh, thank you so much to um, Miss uh, Jenny Manderson, who shared um, some thoughts on the, the Queen's passing and, of course, the memories from the 1994 visit, which, as she indicated, um, she was a part of. Uh, we do have another person, Miss Barbara, who sent in a poem that we will read here now today. Uh, this one says, um, Hail to Queen Elizabeth. 70 years, she's all we've known, a young woman of 25 when she ascended to the throne. We thought she would always be there. She was steadfast, noble, and true. In every possible situation, she knew her duty to do. She cherished her beloved Philip. Her family was paramount. Her corgis were her joy. Yes, all God's creatures, creatures count. All hail Queen Elizabeth II, a model for the world to see. And every girl and woman knew the possibilities they could be. Her legacy will live on. She will never be equaled. She was not just Britain's queen. She was queen to the world as well. And this is in honor of the queen from an American girl, Barbara Cozy, who sent that to us uh, by email yesterday. So thank you guys um, so much 
for those contributions. Uh, Miss um, Mary, you're getting some love this morning oh. from Anne. She doesn't She's have anything else to do today. Oh, I want to I want to read the letter that the Queen Secretary sent to Miss Annie after her speech. Miss oh, yes, Miss Annie didn't read any speech. She got up and said what she wanted to say. That she did that all the time. Mm -hmm. Dear Miss Bodden, the speech you made yesterday outside the Legislative Assembly touched the Queen deeply. It is not often that a citizen has the chance to proclaim her loyalty as you did. The fact that you were speaking on behalf of all Caymanians made your sentiments all the more moving. The gift you presented will be valued by the Queen, both for itself and for the memories it will awaken. And the gift that they gave her was, of course, the uh, carving of her little corgis in black coral and the horse that she rode. Mm -hmm. So, you know, um, her, her speeches over the years, I think, was, was I always like to listen to them. The one she made when she, when COVID took England by storm and took the whole world by storm. And she mm -hmm. got up there and she says, we, we will be together again, you know, to bring mm -hmm. hope and hope to the people that, that were listening, that pe people that were so that were scared. We were all petrified. We had, you mm -hmm. know, before they, they even thought about getting a vaccine, everybody was petrified about what was going to happen to the world with this with this um, scourge that we had all, all across the, the globe. Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. she got out there with her words of comfort and just sort of put it all in perspective for us. And mm -hmm. you know, I, I, have, I have always appreciated her speeches. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I'm going to quote from this one. This was the one on her 91st birthday. Mm -hmm. I invite you to join me in reflecting on the words of a poem quoted by my father, King George VI, in his Christmas Day broadcast in 1939, the year that this country went to war for the second time in a quarter of a century. And it was said then that she was the one who actually asked her father to include this poem in the speech. I said to the man who stood at the gate of the air, give me a light that I may tread softly into the safely into the unknown. And he replied, Go out into the darkness and put your hand into the hand of God. That shall be to you better than light and safer than a known way. End of quote. And that was something she actually lived by. She kept an open Bible in her office at all times. And she was very, very fervent in her prayers. It very, she, it, it was such a part of her life. Mm -hmm. And she, she, she chided England here a couple of, some years ago in her, in her Commonwealth Day speech when she said that that was one of the things that was causing problems in England, the fact that they had put their faith out the, outside the door and were trying to live without having God in their lives. And I, I, just, I just think that so much of what this, this one is, this book, and I have so many of them, is called The Servant Queen and the King mm -hmm. She Served. And this book is talking about her um, religious um, affiliation with the church and with and, and in her own life and I just think that so much of this could be brought to the people brought brought forward we need mm -hmm. to have we need to have these things we should have a permanent display a permanent display on the Ivan hurricane a permanent display someplace mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. why don't we have it we have a museum that's got a lot of plastic things in it, but why don't we have a permanent display on the Ivan Hurricane? All the books that were written, all the pictures that were taken, all the, the videos that were done, 
how come we can't walk into a room and it's all there for us to see and remember? Mm-hmm. We need to mm-hmm. start thinking about how we are going to preserve the history of this country. And it's not by ignoring us up here in Cotton Down. Because mm-hmm. all of us are getting older now. When mm-hmm. I started that place 20 years ago, I was 62. Mm-hmm. You know, all the people that are there with me are now 80 plus or in there coming up to their 80s. And who's, what are we doing to preserve it? What, what, mm-hmm. what is the government's role in all of this? We have, a, we have a department of, of culture and um, history and whatever else they call it, I don't know. But we, we, need, we need to get out there where the people are and get these things done. Get into the communities and get them done. And, mm-hmm. and stop talking about it. And stop getting advice from people on how to get it done. There's only one way to do it, and that's do it. Yes. You know, I, I, well, I... You don't, you don't want me on your show too often because I... <laughs> no, well, you know the name of the show. My dear, um, I don't know how familiar you are, um, but the name of the show is The Cold Hard Truth, and you're giving us some cold hard truth this morning. So that's how we like it on this program. So we um, have nothing but respect and applaud for you um, as you speak the truth. When you, um, absolutely. When, when, you want, when you want to preserve your history, you tell it to children, you tell it to the children. You involve children in it. We do a National Heroes Day every year, and you go there and count how many children are involved. Mm-hmm. You you go to the schools and ask those children who the National Heroes are and to tell us their life stories. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you we have the Queen's Birthday Parade. We got the Scouts and we got the Brown Brigades and we mm-hmm. and 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 the um, all all the different uniform branches. But what mm-hmm. about the schools? Why isn't there a contingent from the schools marching in that parade? Mm-hmm. When I did the Diamond Jubilee, we had 500 school children marching in the parade carrying the British flag. You, you, you know, you have to put it. You have to, you have to do it. You have to make it real. You have to make it real, and and that is why I think they were caught flat-footed yesterday because no one thought very much about it. Oh, the Queen is dying, so what? You know, that, and that—that's not good enough. Mm-hmm. That's not good enough. It—it's a—it's beyond the fact that she's she was Queen Elizabeth II of the Commonwealth and and the overseas territories and everything else. She was a highly respected woman, lauded throughout the world by governments, led mm-hmm. by men, led by cabinets, led by tribes, led by everybody. She was lauded throughout the world for her dignity, her respect, and her ability to always be the queen. And we have Absolutely. lost that. And, lost and you know, the, the only person that she has ever bowed to, and this was something I was listening to um, on the news this morning, the only person that she has ever bowed to would have been, um, at, and she was under some degree of you know public pressure, her response to um, Princess, um, Lady Pr- Princess Diana. Um, when her castle was was passing, or yes, her castle was passing, um, you know, the castle um, that she actually bowed to her. And that's the only time she's bowed to anybody else because she was the woman that everyone uh, bowed to. So again, condolence books will be open to the community to sign beginning today, Friday, September the 9th, and can be found at the Government Administration Building in Grand Cayman and the District Administration Building uh, in Cayman Brack. 
Floral tributes can be left on the steps of the government administration building um, and at the front gates of the government house. So um, our videographer, Gene, is on his way to um, the government house now. He should be there shortly, as we're expecting a 96-gun um, salute to be taking place. And of course, the day of Her Majesty's uh, state funeral will be declared a public holiday. We don't have the details of that exact um, date as yet. So let's go ahead and take a bit of a news break. Um, let's get caught up with news before we go to the salute. So here's Kevin Watlow with today's news headlines. Hello, I'm Kevin Watler, and this is your CMR Daily Buzz. Queen Elizabeth II's eldest son, 73-year-old Prince Charles, the former Prince of Wales, immediately became King of Britain, the Cayman Islands, and the rest of the Commonwealth following her death. Charles is the longest-serving heir in British history and will lead the country in mourning as the new King and Head of State for 14 Commonwealth realms. According to the rules of British monarchy, a new sovereign succeeds to the throne as soon as his or her predecessor dies. Meanwhile, Governor of the Cayman Islands, His Excellency Martin Roper, Premier the Honourable Wayne Panton and Opposition Leader the Honourable Roy McTaggart has expressed profound sadness at the passing of Queen Elizabeth II. As a mark of respect, all flags will be half-flown at half-mask until further notice. We now hear from the Governor, Premier and Opposition Leader. It is with profound sadness that we have learnt of the passing of Her Majesty the Queen on the afternoon of 8 September at Balmoral. The death of our much-loved and longest-serving monarch will, I know, be terribly sad news for people across our three islands of Grand Cayman, Cayman Brac and Little Cayman, as well as across the entire world. Her Majesty the Queen served the United Kingdom, Commonwealth, realms and overseas territories with quiet dignity and powerful diplomacy for over 70 years. She has been an inspirational role model and given outstanding service throughout our lives. She's the only monarch very many of us have ever known. Her loss will be keenly felt. She is unlike any other monarch in history. I know from my four years as your governor just how much affection and respect there is for Her Majesty on our islands. Her two visits here in 1983 and 1994 are warmly remembered today by so many. We were able to celebrate Her Majesty's Platinum Jubilee this year with an extraordinarily wide variety of events across our three islands, reflecting the depth of feeling towards Her Majesty. I had the pleasure of meeting Her Majesty three times during my career, including at Windsor Castle on taking up my role as Governor of the Cayman Islands. Her Majesty vividly recalled details of her visits here. Many of you will have your own personal recollections of royal moments in your lives, whether it was watching her coronation, meeting her, or celebrating her visits to Cayman or elsewhere. The King and the Queen Consort will remain at Balmoral this evening and will return to London tomorrow. Her Majesty was a symbol of stability and permanence for over seven decades. 
she exemplified outstanding public duty. I know the thoughts and prayers of all of us in the Cayman Islands are with members of the royal family at this difficult and sad time. Good day. I come to you today with a heavy heart, having learned of the passing of Her Majesty, our Queen Elizabeth II, at Balmoral Castle on the 8th of September, 2022. When she became queen at the tender age of 25 in 1952, Europe was rebuilding and the world was still in the mend from the wounds of World War II. She acceded to the throne at the death of her father, King George VI, on the 6th of February that year, and solemnly accepted and carried out her duties with rare humility, faithfulness, and dignity. To mark her 70th year of reign on her Platinum Jubilee, the Parliament of the Cayman Islands held a special session giving verbal flowers and accolades to the Queen on the 6th of February, 2022. Today, we remember her fondly as we mourn her passing. She left us with a legacy of reaching out to her subjects in the United Kingdom and abroad, being seen as a real person who ensured that the monarchy was able to quietly adapt to changes in society and keep a sharp focus on the Commonwealth. She was a defender of the faith and a stalwart wife, mother, grandmother, and great-grandmother. As our head of state, our loyalty to the British crown was strongest and most heartfelt under her reign. We remain loyal to the British crown, but it has definitely lost one of its most precious jewels. Through her dedication and unwavering strength, she proved herself to be royalty in every respect. There will never be another like her. We had the pleasure of her company when she visited the Cayman Islands not once, but twice before her passing. On her first visit here in 1983, she delivered the throne speech, toured Grand Cayman with Prince Philip of blessed memory, and officially opened the Queen's Highway, which connects East End to North Side. A monument still stands alongside the highway, memorializing that auspicious occasion. She and Prince Philip returned to our shores in 1994 aboard the Royal Yacht Britannia as part of an eight-country Caribbean tour. This time around, she knighted former Financial Secretary Sir Vassal Johnson, who left this earthly realm in 2008 for his role in modernizing the laws of the Cayman Islands which led to our enviable position as a global financial center. She also opened the Ed Bush Sports Complex in West Bay and the Queen Elizabeth II Botanic Park off Frank Sound Road. Both times she was gracious to the Caymanian people and those who met and interacted with her have cherished memories to share. Those who have gone on to their own heavenly reward often talk fondly of her kindness warmth, and love for the people of the Cayman Islands. I think I can safely say that all of us in the Cayman Islands who feel strong ties to the British Crown mourn this sad occasion. We have lost a great lady. Taking her place on the throne is her son, King Charles, the former Prince of Wales who last visited the Cayman Islands 
in 2019. God save the King. I, on behalf of the Cayman Islands, join others from around the world in offering our condolences to the royal family. It is our prayer that God grants them the peace and grace to get through this difficult time. May God be with and comfort all of us. It is with great sadness and sorrow that we learned this afternoon of the death of Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth II. The Queen will be remembered for her dignity, wisdom and compassion. Over the 70 years of her reign, she has been a constant reflection of all that makes Great Britain great. Indeed, over those 70 years, she has seen much change across the world. Here at home too, the Cayman Islands has seen tremendous growth and change during her reign. Her Majesty granted us our coat of arms in 1958 and our first written constitution in 1959. We fondly recall her visits here in 1983 and 1994, and she will be remembered and beloved by Caymanians for many years to come. On behalf of the opposition, the entire Progressives family, and indeed the Caymanian people, I offer condolences to the family of Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth II on her passing. I also offer condolences to the people of the United Kingdom. May her soul rest in eternal peace. The Cayman Islands Protocol Office is currently planning several events, including a 96-gun salute at Government House. Please monitor the Cayman Mall Road Facebook page for more updates on this developing story. Caribbean Utilities Company released its first sustainability report on Monday, detailing its commitment to reducing Scope 1 greenhouse gas emissions by 75% by 2035. The company said it will achieve this target by installing renewable energy as outlined in the company's integrated resource plan. To access the sustainability report, visit CUC's website. Despite being held on one of the hottest days of the summer, the Children's Coloring Day at the Georgetown Library on Saturday, August 27th was a huge success. 125 individuals attended the event and participated in various creative activities, ranging from coloring and drawing on paper to painting on canvas and doodling on the pavement with chalk. Acting Library Director Kevin Goring said due to the success of this year's Coloring Day, the library will seek to repeat its success next year possibly in May when it's cooler and more fun for everyone. Stormwatch 2022 is brought to you by Home Gas, your propane experts before, during, and after the storm. The National Hurricane Center is tracking three tropical systems. By the way, Danielle is history. It's no more. But we do need to pay attention to Hurricane Earl, which is currently impacting Bermuda. Earl will start to pick up some speed and conditions in Bermuda should start to get a lot better by Friday afternoon. The other systems out there are not expected to impact any land in the immediate future, so we'll continue to monitor them to see what they end up doing. We are in September, which is when the tropics get a lot more active, so be storm ready, Cayman. Now for your CMR weather update, it's brought to you by WG Charters, sunrise at 612 Sunshine along with some cloudy intervals, the temperature rises to the high 80s when the high temperature is at 88 degrees Fahrenheit and the relative humidity is at 70% like the forecast calls for, the temperature will feel around 100 degrees Fahrenheit. 
The winds south southeast at 10 to 20 miles per hour. Then the sun sets at 6.33. At nighttime, the temperature falls to the high 80s. Looking forward, similar weather conditions are expected. So remember, it's summertime, so those hot days, warm nights, and scattered showers are very typical for this time of year. CMR weather updates are brought to you by WG Charters. They offer private boat trips for a great price, so we encourage you to support them. Now for some regional and international news. The Pan American Health Organization is finalizing plans to obtain 100,000 doses of monkeypox vaccine for distribution to Latin American and Caribbean member countries. As of September 6th, over 30,000 monkeypox cases have been reported in the Americas, with most cases concentrated in the United States of America, Brazil, Peru, and Canada. So far, most confirmed cases are among men, although at least 145 cases have been reported in women and 54 cases among people under the age of 18. Cuba's deputy foreign minister has accused the Biden administration of acting immorally, illegitimately, and unfairly by keeping Cuba on the list of state sponsors of terrorism, claiming it has been a victim of state-sponsored terrorism by the United States for more than 60 years. Carlos Fernandez de Cossio, in an interview with the Associated Press, said maintaining Cuba on the State Department's blacklist with North Korea, Iran, Syria is an easy way to punish Cuba with the overall aim of trying to make Cuba what it's not, to make Cuba a failed state. Former CNN News anchor Bernard Shaw died Wednesday of pneumonia unrelated to COVID-19. He was 82. Shaw was CNN's first chief anchor and was with the network when it launched on June 1, 1980. He became a household name with groundbreaking coverage of the first Gulf War live from Baghdad, Iraq in 1991. He reported from a hotel room as bombs were exploding outside his window. He retired from CNN after more than 20 years on February 28, 2001. That's it for now on The Daily Buzz. Thank you for joining me. Please stay safe and God bless. All right, folks, um, welcome back to the program this morning. We're going to go ahead and join Jean now, who is at the government house, bringing us a live stream for the 36th gun salute that is happening there this morning. So thank you so much, Jean, for this. Um, we'll just go ahead and, and watch. We don't really expect Jean to probably have much to say, but we're going to go ahead and watch the ceremonies this morning. So essentially right now we see um, it looks like some of the uh, dignitaries <clears throat> as well as some of the guards um, standing in front of the governor's residence, which is referred to as the um, government house. Um, and uh, they're standing just quietly as well as um, the members of the legislative assembly who we expect a number of invited guests to be at the location this morning as well. Um, most people are dressed in black, which is the formal, um, obviously, uh, color that everyone should be wearing today. And as you can see, both Miss Mary and I also dressed in black. Miss Mary has on her pearls, and I have on my little string of pearls too, <laughs> um, because you know this is this is the somber occasion when you um, you know you've you've got to dress the part, and um, you know this is a respect for a lady who um, has certainly earned it. Uh, during her 36 years of life. And um, someone said, I keep saying 36 gun salute. No, it's 96 gun salute. 
um, to be very clear, one for each year of her reign. So we know that this morning in attendance, this is Excellency the Governor, the Premier, the Chief Justice, the Speaker of Parliament, members of cabinet, parliamentary secretaries, members of the opposition, chief officers, and the heads of statutory authorities and government-owned companies. So um, they're all there and we will just um, continue to to watch as this plays out. Miss Mary, any observations as we're watching this ceremony this morning? Oh, sorry, I've, I've muted you. Hold on one second, let me just unmute you. There you go. Well, I'm glad to see that you're doing this. And again, there's all the officials are there, but I don't see any children and I don't see any young people. Yes. Well, and this one, I think this one was a sort of a closed ceremony in the sense that they didn't really open it up. But they couldn't, they should have had a delegation from each one of the high schools, even if it was only two students, because mm -hmm. children are in school, they're not going to see this. Mm -hmm. It has no meaning for them. But if they had a couple of children, I'm, I appreciate what Savannah, um, Kim and Brack School did yesterday. Mm -hmm. That's what they should have done. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I appreciate whoever organized that and got it going and got the church, made the children aware of the somberness of this occasion. Mm -hmm. the, the children, you don't have to have children stand where the adults are standing <clears> because it's, the booms are going to be big enough anyway. But they mm -hmm. could have had a little delegation of children, young people mm -hmm. from a couple of the schools there to say, this is what, this is, this is, this is a part of the traditions that we are a part of, because that's what mm -hmm. it is. This is a tradition in England. It is being carried out there and it is being carried out there. Let's make it real for young people. Now let's make it Okay. Real. So the, the 96 gun salute uh, folks has begun. Yes. That was the first one, 10 seconds between each one.
All right, folks. Um, so we are just taking sort of a brief uh, break in between. So we've heard there the 96 gun salute. And um, now the um, her, um, His Majesty, His Excellency, the Governor, my apologies, Mr. Martin Roper, and the Premier will make their way inside to sign the condolence book. So we will um, be having uh, Gene bring that feedback in here in just a second. I'm sure he's making his way now. Um, to the uh, to the inside of the governor's residence, the government house, for that to happen. So um, a very you know somber moment, uh, Miss Mary. We saw one officer. Looks like the heat got the better of him. I saw some of your comments uh, saying that um, someone had had fainted and passed away. And of course, folks, it is very hot out there. It still still is the the dead of summer here in the Cayman Islands, and they are wearing a full uniform. And so yes, sometimes the heat will will get to you. So uh, note uh, your comments on that. I think I'm sure he'll be okay and they'll get him the uh, medical attention that um, he urgently needs. Probably just a good glass of water and maybe a good fan, some air conditioning. Um, Carlos says they're used to the AC in those cars too much. Listen, when you have on, you don't know how much the uniform really um, attracts heat and you've got on a full uniform standing in, in that, you know, sort of late morning heat. It can probably happen to the best of us, whether you're used to air conditioning or not. Um, and of course, it's also a stressful occasion. You know, people do um, get stressed out when they have to participate in these sort of um, formal events. So don't be too harsh in your in your comments. Uh, Miss Mary, any thoughts on uh, what we've just observed just now? I'm sorry about the officer that went down. It's, yes. it's, it's, we live in the tropics and there is extreme heat and there is some of us can take it and some of us can't. We're not sure what his health situation might have been. And um, that might have been the cause of it all. Mm-hmm. But they now that now that they have done their 96 gun salute and the premier and the, the governor and the premier is, go, is going, in, going inside to share the condolence book. They were inviting the public to come to Government House to sign the condolence book. Are they going to go inside to sign it too? 
Uh, where mm -hmm. is it going to be? I mean, I can see the government administration building that you can be going to the lobby there maybe, but are they the only two books that they're going to put out for people to sign at the government house and at the... Well, we know that there will be, um, at the government administration building, they're allowing people to um, to lay flowers and there's also going to be a condolence book there as well as in Cayman Brack. They've not specified any other um, locations at this time. Um, so as far as we know, officially, those are the, the locations that have been um, announced so far. So again, condolence books will be open to the community to sign beginning today and can be found at the government administration building in Grand Cayman and the district administration building in Cayman Brack. Floral tributes can be left at the steps of the government administration building and the front gates of government house. Mm -hmm. So that's the official um, information that we have. So um, quite interestingly enough, the, I mean, speaking of the heat, um, I, I figured that Gene just pulled out the live stream so that he could get in position to capture the signing of the book. But in fact, he has messaged to say his phone has overheated and I've had this happen on occasion, even with me. So I know to carry a little phone umbrella because yes, direct sunlight, uh, these iPhones don't take too kindly to the heat. Um, so his phone actually overheated. So it looks like he's back in. So let's go ahead and grab this feed again. Hopefully he's uh, gonna have a little bit of shade over the phone now as much as possible. Um, so we see already people are um, laying uh, wreaths and flowers. So there we go. Uh, the premier has just done so. The Honorable uh, Wayne Panton uh, with his wife, Miss Jean, by his side. And others um, are lined up to do so. There are other people gathered outside the gate, apparently, that are not part of the official group. From mm -hmm. their clothing, I would presume some are wearing pants and that I can see from here. Um, I presume these are people who are just who've just come to observe from the outside. Is that it? It looks like it, Miss Mary. Um, so, you know, a lot of people will want to, of course, extend their... Um, condolences, even if they were not uh, officially invited to the event. So, I mean, the press got a pass. A lot of press people are obviously there um, covering the event. And then, of course, um, here comes the Speaker of the House, the Honorable uh, McKeever Bush, and he is now um, laying his wreath there at the government house as well. And uh, <clears throat> we shared earlier pictures with Mr. Bush when he uh, actually had the opportunity to to meet the Queen on her visit uh, when he was the first elected member back in 1992 and a minister as well. So um, I'm sure he has some some personal thoughts this morning on the loss of um, Her Majesty. Well, I think so, so somebody, why, why is that Barbara wearing white? Did she not get the memo about wearing black? Oh my goodness. 
So the, the, the proper protocol, even in the UK, we saw that earlier as part of London Bridge um, has fallen. You're supposed to wear, even, even the newscasters knew that they were to change in black. And um, so I'm a bit surprised to see. It looks like um, opposition member Miss Barbara is dressed in all white, which is a little bit unusual. Well, you never wear white with the green and you never wear black. When, when she's alive, if, if she comes to visit, you don't wear black. You wear another color. Mm-hmm. Black is a morning color, the official morning color. Right. And, and um, we are in mourning now. There's Miss Heather. Yeah. We can see Miss um, Heather. And that looks like potentially Giuliano Connor Connor. I couldn't get a, a full, full view. But there is the... Um, there is the um help me out miss mary at the courthouse the chief justice, yes, chief justice. the honorable um sir anthony sir anthony smelly yes there he is and there's some other government officials we see um uh bt uh i can't remember whether it's west or where but um mr Dwayne seymour um, honorable- to see him. i don't see him very often Yes, the Honorable Chris Saunders with uh, speaking with the Honorable um, Kenneth Bryan. Just trying to identify some of these other people. Next to him is mm-hmm. the Honorable Jay Ebanks from Northside. So we do see a number of uh, government officials uh, and representatives here. Um, Miss Heather looks lovely, uh, as well as the Honorable Sabrina Turner, both wearing um, some hats this morning. And um, just trying to see who else I can identify. Any members of the opposition other than, I mean, I did, I think that was Miss um, Barbara. Um, I'm assuming that the opposition leader, the Honorable Roy McTaggart, would have also well, been laying. Um, he can, can um, your friend from Brighton um, carried his speech, didn't he, a while ago on the news broadcast? Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was part of the news broadcast for sure. So if you're just joining us for some reason this morning, folks, we've been doing um, all morning coverage here on the Cold Truth. Um, really just, um, you know, taking a moment to reflect on the life and the legacy of the late um, Her Majesty uh, Queen Elizabeth II. Um, so we do, do see that's Parliamentary Secretary Kathy Wilkes. And um, yes, that does look like that does look like Miss Barbara. I don't know if Jean, can you get a little bit closer to who else is, is over on that side to see if we can see any members of the opposition? Um, but yeah, she's speaking to Cabinet Secretary um, Samuel Rose, and um, and um, uh, Mr. Bush, Mr. Eric Bush. I think he's Chief Officer. So, Jean, let's make your way inside. I think they're going to be going to sign the condolence book. If you can see the um, the premiere. Okay. We'll okay. <laughs> okay. Just going to grab my bag. Okay, I'm just going to pull you out one second, and then Miss Mary and I will chat while uh, Gene is, is getting himself organized to go inside of uh, the government house there. So, um, yes, I mean, you know, there's a lot of protocols that have to be followed, and this is where people need to know. The important role now that the protocol office plays is during times like this, they are in an, an advisory role. Natasha says global protocol 
And um, that's why that office and the person who heads up that office, you know, really has such an important role because they set the protocol and they advise even the elected officials. They don't always listen. That I know for a fact. But, they, you know, that role is there to advise them on what it is they need to do. Everywhere else in the world takes protocol very, very seriously. And I feel like here in the Cayman Islands, we are still um, trying to find our footing as it relates to protocol. And I'm not really sure why, because it should be something that, um, you know, protocol managers and protocol heads of protocol, they study and they go overseas and abroad to get all these certifications and um, so on. So um, I don't know why why officials don't listen to them. I always find it very, very peculiar. It's like, you're not the expert. You've hired the expert to be in that role. And so you should take their advice. Um, yeah. Well, we're, we're, this is something that we have neglected in all these various forms here. And it, it is something that people did inherently before. Older people knew how to behave in certain instances. They knew how to dress they knew what to do. It just came naturally to them. But for some reason or other, now we have to be taught this, like you've been teaching us came mankind. We have to be taught these things. And but we don't we don't listen. We don't do it the right way. And, mm -hmm. you know, they talk about the United States. And, um, you know, of course, they have, they broke away from Britain many years ago. But they still follow a lot of the protocols. You look at the, the, the procession when the, the president is going to speak, to give the State of the Union speech, and every, all the militaries lined up behind with all the pomp mm -hmm. ceremony, and they're playing hail to the chief, and everything is in mm -hmm. sync, you mm -hmm. know? And um, for some reason, or other, we think that this, this is belittles us to do these things mm -hmm. or something. We don't seem yeah. to understand that it gives us a certain presence that we need to keep and maintain. Absolutely. Um, Sherry Ann is asking, why did uh, they not have this event at the government building for the islands? And Selvin says, Sherry Ann, protocol dictates that we done at the Queen's symbol of representatives. So that sounds about right. Um, so people are making remarks about somebody said on WhatsApp that they can't believe Miss Barber is wearing red, a red handbag and a white dress, which did not get the memo. Um, I guess not. Um, so Jess also says white dress and red handbag and red shoes. Well, 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 what happened there? <laughs> you know, your guess is as good as mine. One person says protocol needs to be taught too. We have abandoned standards. I'm not sure that some of these persons have any, have had any standards, but they also do not seem willing to learn from the protocol um, chiefs and the protocol heads. Another person says, why is Ms. Barbara wearing full white with a red handbag. Good Lord. That's what another person, uh, another person has made the observation. Barbara Conley should be removed for not following pro proper dress protocol. I mean, she does stand out um, because pretty much everybody else is in dark colors and uh, is wearing, um, wearing uh, black. So we see now the signing of the um, condolence uh, book. It looks like um, the Honorable Premier is allowing his lovely wife, Miss Jean, to sign first. Um, I'm not sure if he actually signed already. He may have signed because we're just getting in there now. So we're just having a look. Um, but it looks like he's just watching as she is um, entering her messages of, uh, of condolence. So Jean, see if we can get a little bit closer. I don't know if we can sneak in there a little bit. We always have to be respectful of, of the space because um, I'm sure there's tons of media in that same area as well. But just getting a nice look here 
of the condolence table that is set up there and um, the condolence book. It has a picture of the queen on it. Yes, right. yes, it looks like they have her picture. Yes. Mm -hmm. She's wearing a sash. Yes. A blue sash. Yes, beautiful. And again, this is happening at the um, the government house, as it's referred to, or the governor's residence, because he does reside there as well. And lots of um, formal uh, events and functions happen at this government house on the lawn. Uh, few events will take you inside. Sometimes they're on the, the back patio. There is sort of a patio reception area that uh, he often entertains NPOs and government officials and others there. We see the police, uh, obviously the Royal Cayman Islands Police Service, um, playing a pivotal role in today's ceremonies as well, dressed um, in their finest. Um, so, long she's writing. Yes, seems <laughs> like she has a, seems like Ms. Jean has a lot to say mm -hmm. uh, in the condolence book, so why not? Well, um, so just some other comments. Miss um, Amiria also says from yesterday, they said everyone was wearing black. I'm baffled by Barbara's all white and red handbag. She's some piece, says Miss Amiria. I didn't know you could spell that. Till I <laughs> <laughs> well, that's one way to that's definitely <laughs> Miss Mary, that is definitely one way to spell it. She's some piece. <laughs> So Sherry Ann says dress code is uh, really bad. Lord help our people, no respect, prayers for our people. So it looks like the um, premier would have signed already because he has uh, moved on now with Miss Jean. And then up next we have, I'm trying to identify who that is. Um, do we have any idea who that is? I can't see his face. I can only yes. see Yes. I can't quite make out who that is. I know it's not the governor. So the governor must have signed before he must have we, signed first. Yes, he must he have signed first. first and the premiere next. Right. Um, can't quite make out who this individual is, I'm afraid. Uh, I don't know. I pulled his face up, but he, he can't mm -hmm. see his face coming. He decided his head. Mm -hmm. They're all writing messages, though, not just um, signing it. It bears to be. Looks like they're all writing messages, not just signing the book. Okay, so the consequences here can be silent because they can hear us. <laughs> so can? Um, okay. Yeah, let's give them a second here. I think that's nice anyway that you can put your message in. Mm -hmm. So we'll just, um, we know that people are obviously on the radio listening as well. So again, folks, I'm speaking to the radio audience because they can hear me separately, um, but don't want to be rude in any way. So for everybody else, just hang tight while we're watching this ceremony.
So just a quick note to our online listeners. We have muted ourselves for the online stream, but the radio audience can still hear us only because they've asked us to be quiet. So that's why we've muted ourselves. So we'll be, we'll be unmuted in just a little bit. But this is the Honorable Makiva Bush, um, who's now signing. Thank you. 
Jean, I'm going to go ahead and pull out now and uh, we'll pull you out of the feed and you can feel free to take some photos and so forth, okay? I'm not sure he can hear me, but let me just send him a quick WhatsApp message. So folks, we are back. Um, again, uh, they had asked us to mute our conversation here so that um, so that they couldn't hear us yakking in the background while they were signing. So Jean is going to grab some photos for us. Um, we're going to go ahead and end his portion of the live stream. Miss Mary, let me just, um, whenever you're ready to come back, let me know. And I will unmute you and bring you back into the stream. She just stepped away uh, from her desk for a minute. And uh, then we're going to go ahead and wrap up the program. So thank you so much. Um, so Lulu says, I was wondering if CIG was there, but you just answered the question. All right, Miss Mary, we brought you back in. We've unmuted you. I've just ended the stream. Um, Jane is still there uh, on the live stream. But um, again, um, you know, he's going to go ahead and wrap that up. So I'm going to go ahead and wrap up here this morning for about 10.58. We've got about 10 minutes left in the program. Um, it, it's a lot that happens in the background here, as you guys can see. <laughs> Ms. Mary, I'm multitasking. I'm messaging Gene, telling him that I pulled him out of the feed, that I'm done, and he can kind of... <laughs> He can kind of go back. Um, and of course, the Chuck over at the radio has asked me if I need any more time. And I said, no, I uh, we, we've talked. I have talked seven and a half hours before during the election. But oh, God knows I can't do that today. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, some days I just can't. But Miss Mary, thank you so much for um, coming. What are your general thoughts as you see the signing of the book this morning? Well, I hope that they, all the messages that they were writing were in, on behalf of the people of this island, not just their own personal messages, but, you know, they are our representatives. And mm. when you signed the book, I hope they signed it on behalf of all of us, not just themselves. Mm -hmm. And um, going back to the Town thing, you know, I want to give you my, you have them, my phone number and my email. Mm -hmm. Because anyone who wants to come there, the, the place is run by volunteers. We don't have any paid staff. We don't have any money to pay staff. But mm -hmm. it's run by volunteers. And all you have to do is to call. I showed that to yesterday for two hours to two people. Because mm -hmm. people called and said, can I come to see it? You know, mm -hmm. and um, we do it for groups. We do it for schools. All they have to do is to call my number or call mm -hmm. yourself's number and we will set up the time, give us a, a day or two to arrange so that if you're bringing a group that we have enough people there to, to do the, to show both buildings at the same time. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But, um, other than that, yes, I would, you know, we, I hope that this will now spark some interest and, and mm -hmm. people will come to see the exhibition that we have on the show. Mm -hmm. It's, it's a, this, this should be a wake up call for us, um, Sandra, mm -hmm. on on the fact that we are neglecting so much of our history, that not just not just the British connection, but our own connection with our own people, mm -hmm. we are neglecting that. You know, we like I said, we go through the thing once a year. We have National Heroes Day, but we should be teaching that in schools every day. To be mm -hmm. you know, absolutely, we, we need we need to we need to we need to have a plan. 
Mm. We need to and we need to move the plan forward, not just put it down on paper and put it in a policy somewhere and leave it there to rusticate till the next government comes in, which is mm. what has been done over all of these years, not just yes. um, with this government in particular, because they've inherited that old scenario. But we need to be we need to be doing this. We need to be putting forward the history of this country and be proud about it. We have such uh, when every time I read it, I get shivers. Mm-hmm. This this island has so much history. It has done so much for itself and done for all over the years. You know, we're the only, and this is not related to the Queen, but we are the only territory that mm-hmm. actually formed its own government. Mm-hmm. Other territories were colonized. The British moved their people in and set up their own government. They didn't do that in Cayman. They called mm-hmm. the Caymanians and said, bring law and order to the country. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They, they, we are the only country in the Commonwealth that chose to be a British Crown colony. Mm-hmm. Everyone else was made one and then opted out of it. We opted into it. You know, all of these historical facts should be out there and people need to understand why they were done. Yes. And what brought these changes about and, and, and what, what they, how the history evolved from them. We, we need to start teaching our people who mm-hmm. they are. Yes, and I, I that bothers me that at my age I can look back and see that we have not accomplished that mm. in our society and in our education system. Very sad. Well, we 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 do a small little part here on this platform uh, when we could or when we can, I should say. Um, our Cayman Voices series is going to be kicking this off um, in earnest, and we hope that um, again you can send us recommendations of people. Uh, that we should be interviewing to be capturing our Cayman history and culture. We're focusing on 70s plus at this stage because I feel like, you know, we're in such a precarious situation. Every day we're losing people and we're losing that that nugget of their personal stories and their personal histories and culture that makes up our collective story as a people. And Mm -hmm. that really saddens my heart. And uh, we've been talking about this project for quite some time. We finally have uh, the mechanisms in place to kind of really get it moving and, and get it underway. So please, um, you know, WhatsApp me recommendations, send me those recommendations, and we will try to get to those individuals as quickly as possible. We know that sometimes elderly people, sometimes, you know, they'll have a better day or, you know, it takes time mm-hmm. at times to try to schedule time with them. And definitely Miss Mary is on our list. Um, we have Selvin says, wondering what your guests think about the impact of the Queen's death and the longevity or lack there of the, of the monarchy and commonwealth. I think that's a conversation probably for another day. Miss Barber said, white, really an embarrassment. So a lot of people, again, a bit surprised um, at the color choice of um, at least one person there at the, um, at the ceremony today. Miss Deborah, we did see that in one of the videos that it was actually called Operation Unicorn because she passed away in Scotland as opposed to London. And then Operation London Bridge would fall from that. Um, so Marcia says, can I ask, uh, when is Miss Mary going to do hers? Hers referring to her signing of the condolence book or her video with us? If you could probably clarify, I'm sure she'll be happy to answer that question. Miss Merrill says, sleep in peace or, or Queen Elizabeth. 1983, I remember traveling to East End to see you open the Queen's Highway. Uh, also remember meeting her and Philip, Prince Philip at um, Government House in 1994. She was such a gracious lady. I will always admire her for fulfilling her oath to fulfill her duties to the end. And it speaks volumes 
to see her perform her last duty with Liz Trust just a few days ago and literally two days before. Yes, so yes. Ms. Shirley Rolston, uh, thank you so much um, for tuning in. Uh, Jess says, thanks, CMR, for giving us a look into what took place this morning. You're most welcome. And Lulu says a big thank you to Miss Mary Lawrence as well, the Honorable Mary Lawrence, uh, former Speaker of the House. So, Ms. Mary, we're just going to be wrapping up here. We've got about three minutes left um, in the program. So I really want to thank you so much for um, joining us on the program today as a commentator, uh, you know, for your first time out of the gate and you have knocked it out of the park, I must tell you, we appreciate you so much. And if no one has ever said it, let me be the one to tell you that the people in the community here in the Cayman Islands, the Caymanian people love and cherish you. And we really, really thank you for doing all that you've done throughout the years. And at times I'm sure, you know, it's been thankless, but we want to thank you here today. Thank you very much for those kind words. And now my phone number is 924-2406. Mm -hmm. And my email is lawrence.maryj at gmail.com. You can reach me and I can assure you mm -hmm. if you want to visit the heritage site in Buttontown, yes. you will have an opportunity to do so. I will make sure that I am there and my mm -hmm. team is there to show you around. Yes. It, is, it is well worth the visit, even if I do say so myself. So yeah. we will be coming uh, definitely on Saturday. Um, I'll confirm as we get a little bit closer, but yes, we will definitely be there. That, that's this Saturday, that's like tomorrow? That's tomorrow, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, tomorrow <laughs> afternoon, because you said you had a group coming probably around 1.30. Yes. So we'll, we'll piggyback off of that group. So just a few um, comments. We got about two minutes left. I'm being reminded. So um, one person says, thank you, Sandy, for all that you've done so far since the death of our queen. You're a blessing to these islands. Um so let me just read a few more. Uh, this person says, go Bobo. <laughs> of course, that's the name of the station, Bobo 89.1 mm -hmm. FM. And um, another person says, thanks for the coverage. So lots of um, comments coming in about the, uh, the coverage this morning. And the final comment says, uh, hi, Sandy. Thanks again for the great program of today, remembering Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth. Um, and for bringing on these knowledgeable Cayman leaders. Uh, they both have so much knowledge and played a great part in the conversation. Thanks again for all of the coverage. And um, yes, they're asking for the videos that we shared earlier. So folks, thank you so much. We had you know, other things that we were gonna discuss today, but all of that had to be put on the back burner. So please do tune in on uh, Monday morning at 7.30, we get started every day from 7.30 until 10. And the conversations, which include some really important things, the car fire that happened the other day and other conversations in the community, we will move those forward, um, uh, postponement really until Monday's show. So make sure you tune in for those topics as well. And we appreciate you all hanging with us um, over the past three hours. And uh, we wish that you have a beautiful and safe weekend and just be careful on the roads. Miss Mary, again, thank you so much. Really appreciate it. Thank you again. Thank you again for having me. And I look forward to your visit tomorrow. Okay. Are you coming yourself? Yes, I will be there in the flesh. All right. Okay. That is even nicer. Thank you. <laughs> All right, <laughs> folks. Then. Okay. Thank you so much. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of The Cold Hard Truth on Bobo 89.1 FM.
Cayman's number one talk show is live weekdays from 7.30 a.m. Never miss an episode again. Watch anytime on CMR's Facebook and YouTube channels for the latest show episodes. Don't forget to follow us online on our social media channels. And visit CaymanMarlRoad.com for all the latest news and community happenings. 